Vincent gets him out now, and here he comes. Denon Kingley gets up the rail. Golden 60, they roar for their hometown hero. He's a length clear over Salios, running on Mother Earth. It's Golden 60, the locals can't beat him. The internationals can't beat him. This is his house, Fortress Golden 60. It's Nature Strip out clear in the King stand by two lengths from Atlam Express. Twilight calls him behind Nizek Palatro. Salute a world-class sprinter. Around the turn of the 150, Bella Nipatina takes the lead, kicks clear, two lengths, Rothmeyer, and best of Bordeaux streaking away. Bella Nipatina, and boy, doesn't she deserve this? Bella Nipatina, four lengths. Young Berta around the turn, Zaki joined by Animo, who looks destiny in the face. At the 150, Animo takes the lead from Zaki, Alligator Blood, I'm Thunderstruck, but it's Animo clear, I'm Thunderstruck late. G'day and welcome to a very, very special edition of Racing Previews podcast. We're previewing Champions Day, formerly Stakes Day, but it's now rebadged Champions Day with the Champions Sprint, the Champions Mile and the Champions Stakes. And we've got a very, very special guest joining us on the panel tonight. His name is Trav Noonan from The Racing Show. He also does a bit of good work for Racing.com. Trav, thanks for joining us. How's your week been? Yeah, thanks, Benny uh, and Nick and Will. Pleasure to be on the Racing Previews podcast. Um, yeah, the week, um, I'm probably at the point where I don't want to talk about it, to be honest, Ben. It's been a strip out. So uh, whilst there's been some really good narrative around some of the Group 1 winners and you know having all the crowd back on track, I was there Derby Day and Cup Day. It was, you know, both days were really good to attend, but in terms of finding a winner... Um, yeah, I'm sort of looking forward to Ararat Sunday. That's my might be my, <laughs> my chance. Well, I think Keats might be going around uh, Ararat on Sunday in the Cup. Yeah, Ararat Cup. So Back up. he's flying. So maybe I just need to stick to some horses that are in form. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's been a bit of a tough week for me. Saturday, Tuesday, we brought it back a little bit today. Will and Nick, how have we fed on the punt? Uh, yeah, not bad. Um up for the week which is good I didn't have a winner today but it was only the I had a, only three bets but um, had a, a long price win on cup day which is good which sort of um, saved me and then and then um, ice bath on stakes day I mean uh, derby day so yeah. Um, yeah but juggling it with uh, with school and exams so it's a bit hard at the moment but <laughs> that but, is unbelievable but it's definitely good. <laughs> 
Nick McGualter, you were very keen on Cheese Extreme today. She got the chocolates. Didn't matter, the synthetic hoof filler. They went slow on the oaks, but she was much too good. Good day? Yeah, we got on a little heater. No trumpets, but it was a good day. <laughs> Unfortunately, no all-up that would have paid for Christmas. And, uh, yeah, it was no shortage of... Uh, to, to be known to anyone, I thought Greece was probably going to be the best $4 bet of the carnival, and unfortunately she didn't get a run. Yeah. So that was a little flattening, but yeah, four from four today. Um, but we move on to Saturday, and, and we'll go from there. We certainly do. Let's crack in to race one this Saturday. It is the Twitter Trophy 1,600-meter benchmark 90. French Emperor is our favorite Chicago Bear. Uh, first start in Australia, the OTI runner, 550. Carceray Kids, seven, unanimous, 750. Ain't no deal done, $11. Then we have to Bell Toro 16, Adelaide Ace 17, Eluding 17, Viral 21. Uh, a couple of usual su- suspects follow that. Bit of a difficult way to kick off the program. What do we kind of think? I might go first. I thought it's not difficult. This is one of the races <laughs> I'm keen to actually play in. So let's go. Um, the group ones later on, I think, are probably going to be a bit harder for me to be involved in some of the shorties, but I thought there's two horses here I like. Um, so, yeah, the first of them's the five Castle Ray Kit. First up for the Waterhouse and Bot Stable with Nash on board. This horse has sort of had two trials in Sydney before leading into a jump out in Melbourne. He looked pretty good in the jump out. I'm always really interested when Nash rides for Gay and Adrian. Um, whilst he was the number one rider for Gay going back sort of 10 years ago, they're not a combination that combine very often these days. Um, their last 89 combinations, they've had 22 winners at a 24% strike rate and a very big return on investment. So I'd say this horse is absolutely cranked up to go here considering he's had the two trials and the jump out. Uh, he's a horse that showed pretty good ability last campaign. Of course, he won the Group 2 Autumn Classic, which, let's be honest, probably a benchmark 70. But um, he, he did start $2.90 in the Alistair Clark. Um, and then, you know, ran 10 sort of under double, or under $21 in the Derby behind a Totsu, and he didn't, so it doesn't go on the wet. So he's a horse with his share of ability. And I thought, in a race where there's some real question marks about a few in the market, like Chicago Bear first start in Australia um, but certain young horses can often jump out well and not bring it to race day so I'm, I'm a little bit sceptical with him and then I didn't know really where else to go um, with a few of these horses rising in grade this is a horse who I think has been aimed at this, might even sort of look at something like a Ballarat Cup second up perhaps, Nash going on draws to lead, I'm, I'm pretty keen, I think he's a really good bet Castle Ray kid first up uh, and I'll, I'll be interested to see if any of you guys have um, sort of found Unanimous, who's coming out of the Five Diamonds. Uh, that race just really didn't work out for him. They went super slow. Uh, he was out in the back. He, sort of, he ran 10th, but in front of, you know, he's only sort of a length off a tissue who ran really well in the Empire Rose. And uh, the form out of the, that Five Diamonds prelude um, that Ellsberg won, it's been pretty solid. So... Um, I was sort of happy enough to go two bets sort of play here and almost the betting race of the day for me. Unanimous and Castlereagh Kid. Wilbur, I, I want to get your thoughts, mate. Start off with a bang. <laughs> Wilbur, you're up next, mate. Uh, well, uh, this I, I definitely agree with uh, Castlereagh Kid. He 
he resumed last prep running a, a 95.5 on the GDX and that was on a good 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 track all of his best forms on a good track and I think the blinkers go back on here and he's definitely been set for this I think and he'll have another run and probably uh, go again there but he's, he's quite a consistent horse he doesn't really because um, he goes to the front and races at one speed and um, yeah I think I think I don't think he's any any better than that, but that level is good enough to to go well here. I, I was sort of hamstrung by uh, Chicago Bear because he has really really good uh, European form, but I don't have the the European uh, figures yet. They haven't come through for for the my, my the ratings I use, and um, so uh, I guess I I have a a firmer opinion um, uh, closer. I'll, I'll put it. Um, I'll do a bit of a, a plug. My, my Twitter, um, I'll, I'll post my thoughts. I always post my thoughts um, before <laughs> each race that I'm betting in. So so follow that, I guess, if you want. Um, but yeah, definitely no knocks. Um, that, that, that five diamonds form, if, even if she runs back up to that, that's not too far off. Um, not too far off what would what should be winning this race. And, and she does bring Keats form, so that's the best form in Melbourne at the moment. She or he? Unanimous we're talking about? Yeah, he. That's definitely a he. Exchange. <laughs> um, for me, I I agree unanimous. I thought that was probably my on top selection. I thought, um, yeah, two back outstanding win at Flemington. Yes, was ridden, got the absolute PR up along the fence. The heavens open for it, but it's probably going to get a very similar run again drawn barrier, barrier one with Benny Malam aboard um, we joke about Keats because a couple of the boys are in the ownership group but the form around Keats is how actually good is the form uh, out, out, outstanding um, yeah. we saw White Marlin win on cup day and he looks a real real good prospect for next year so I think he has to be a bet around the $8 mark um, I see what you're saying about Castle Ray Kid Trav he should be able to speed to the front despite uh, drawing the wide barrier. Um, and I'd, I'm still very interested to see what these ratings come up for Chicago Bear. Um, I have mm. watched a couple of his replays and he does look talented. But The trials were nice could, for that stable. Yeah. The trials were good as well. Willow goes on. Drawn wide, so it could just be a BT. He's going to go back and he could just be flashing home late. But mm. yeah, th- those are the kind of numbers I'm working. So I guess we're kind of on the same page. Nico, what are your thoughts? Well, a couple of things. White Marlin's not only a good prospect moving forward, but Tab have had the audacity to put him up as a Melbourne Cup favourite for next year. <laughs> so that shows how lunacy that is. What is he, $4? Um, <laughs> uh, f- $15. Um, this race was a little bit hard for me, so naturally you blokes have found a good angle. Uh, I was I didn't know what to do with Chicago Bear. Willow going on for Busted and Young had me real grey, but yeah, I could probably chime in to Castlereagh Kid and Unanimous with you boys. Um, yeah, it wasn't really a race that I had an overly big opinion on, so I thought I'd follow you blokes in, and yeah, I'm looking forward just to opening the shoulders late in the card. That's Beautiful. good, because I've got next to no opinions in some of these group ones, so <laughs> um, I'm following yeah. you boys. Uh, I would just say in this race, if you like French Emperor to uh, sort of bet late, uh, he's the horse that's got to drift in this market. Can't believe he's 550. Um, Blessed at Geelong. I think that's a lot of J-car tax there at $5.50. It'll start close to 10 bucks. Yeah, he ran ran a peak figure last start, and that was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 5th up. So I I don't know, 6th up, I don't... 
he's probably priced up to his best, I thought. Hasn't yep. beaten much. It was second to Bubbly last, and then it's beaten to Bayshaw and, and Pitchernun. They're not exactly superstars. No, I, I think you're right. It's a big step up for that horse. Yep. yep. Huge. All right. Cracking start. Let's go to race two. It is a benchmark 80 over the 2,000 metres. Aesop, he had a couple of excuses last start. He's come up here, $3.40 favourite. Kissinger, 480. Uh, Wuds, not sure how you say that one, 650. Look sharpish, nines. And Yelly, $12. Flash filling, 13s. And you got 14s along with the rest for Parisian Dancer. Um, I might quickly go first here. I thought the money that came for Aesop last start was. It was telling, and he obviously didn't really get through the heavy track. He also put up with EIPH. Um, we know a lot of horses, they come off EIPH and you know they, they bounce back. And I think this horse is a deserved favorite. He's drawn out in 10, so Jamie Carr will, will have a, a little bit of work to do early, but I think the map is fine. Um, he should be just about at peak fitness now, fourth up. The first two runs of his preparation were outstanding. Second to lucky decision first up, and then absolutely smashed pounding. Um, the $2.40 SP speaks for itself last start. Obviously, that white Marlin and Keats form, they put a panel on the field, but heavy track, and he, he put up with excuses. So I am pretty keen on the favorite, and I think he's kind of a backable price around the 350 mark. Mm. Yeah, you go, Trav. I find these sort of horses hard, like very hard to get enthused about when you sort of you're not getting a big price considering the flop from last start. Like he's he's still, I think, priced right up to his best, despite you know I know there's clear excuses for last start, but he's still priced right up to his best in this race. So for me, I'm I'm sort of thinking I'm going to risk him, Aesop, uh, Kissinger. Oh, he can win without me. I just think he's a bit of a pretender, um, and I prefer him sort of at twenty four hundred. Back and chips. A bit I weird. thought the horse here. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that. It's just like there's probably no race for him Cup week, and the owners wanted to run. Like he, he would have to go into twenty eight hundred in the Macca's run on Tuesday and race White Marlin, so he wouldn't have been winning. And then he probably all go right up in grade, so they're probably going to the two thousand. I don't know. Sort of screams owner's tickets for me on, on stakes day. I, I'm from barrier 15, he's going to get a long way back. Uh, yeah, back from 2,400, I'm pretty keen against it. But I'm keen against the two favourites, and then I, I'm struggling to sort of find a real angle. Thought Agnelli, you could, you could mark shorter if he'd had that run. Um, he's just too many weeks between runs to be really keen because um, he missed that Mooney Valley the night where the the thunderstorms and all that happened. He was scheduled to run, and then, of course, that race didn't get rescheduled. He finds J-Mac, which is a huge positive. Um, but I saw a couple of horses through Cup Week that have sort of missed those races, and they looked to run short. Uh, Shebley was probably one of them today. Sort of loomed, hit the front, and then died in his run that last 200. Bit worried about horses that have, yeah, sort of missed that run. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Flash Feeling's probably the horse that interests me the most. But again, his platform's a little bit icky. Like, he's 1,400 up to 2,000, which isn't what I love. So, I don't know. Wilbur, can you shed any light on this race? 
it's it's nine the fields nine nine nine's the field with me so <laughs> like I genuinely no angle well, I was absolutely no idea sorry well you got I know we never do this on the racing show because I don't know for some reason Nick and I just preview every race and probably to the the boredom of most people when we have no idea so it runs for an hour 40 one of the great things about racing previews is when you guys don't like a race we just brush it so uh, nick unless there's a firm opinion here can we please move on yeah no we can move on <laughs> beautiful <laughs> done yeah. how good all right let's go to race three it is over the 1400 it is the amanda elliott and angry skies it's six dollars a field he's come up our favorite sweeten eight dollars sandpaper carries the top weight 850 running by 950 eponymous 11 dollars magic time uh, 12s atmosphere 13 street gossip was an impressive winner on debut at warwick farm is 14 dollars and mumbai jewel i think she'll be coming out uh having run today she's also 14. what do we think of race three Automatic like hateful it. race. This is a race that Roy should have gone to. 1,400 metres, good track. No, we're just running 1,000 metres. Wayne, Wednesday, raining, none. Last. Pyroy. That's Pyroy you're no, talking about. Yeah, rant over. Trav, you go, Trav. hit us with your best first. Uh, well, I just... Yeah, I like this race. I think there's some real angles to it. Sandpaper I'm keen to take on on the backup. Um, yeah. Just seems way too well found given the J-Mac factor uh, Angry Skies draws very wide I hate that Gothic Stakes as a, as a race so keen to take him on and then that means you have to put the pen through Eponymous so all the males I've pretty much put a pen through except for King's Consort who's the winner of the probably the weakest Vobus Gold showdown ever but um, thought he'd run first, first up in the Red Anchor was pretty good Oh. Trumpet, Trumpet that? from Wilbur. <laughs> to be the first four. It paid like 100000 or something. It took the first four in it. Do you remember that? Well I remember it. You didn't have a cent on it. Did you back it? No, no of course not. <laughs> uh, He's still on this podcast, Nick. He'd cool yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Trav, keep going. You know, I'm just going to move on past the, the April Trumpet. Um... <laughs> I had to sneak it in there. <laughs> Yeah, I thought King's Consort, you know, he's probably boosted by the fact Wilbur tipped him in a first four, but he's running the ankle is very good. He's, I think he's been set for this to sort of peak here and then onto the stand down guineas. The, the good placement from Anthony and Sam Freeman. He would have done nothing through the spring because he's not quite good enough, but picking off some of these back end races where a few of the horses will be over the tops, probably a good move. The gate's a bit bit rough. He's going to have to go right back. But did well, run well behind Quang Tree and a Gibson Carmichael here at a mile. So you know he likes Flemington. So he's probably one horse that interests me. But the, the horse I'm, I'm sort of was going to pin my carnival to her if she ran today and she didn't run um, is Street Gossip. Uh, yes. I just love this filly. Um, I think she's very, very good. I uh, love the win at Warwick Farm on debut where she came home in the... Uh, third quickest last 400 last 200 of the day on punting form beat a pretty handy horse in Peril gets MD on who is completely my man this spring I've adopted MD into my camp and Mark Newnham <laughs> Tricky, flying 
Uh, this filly gives me vibes of a, a good filly had a oh, would have been going back maybe five years now. Uh, she won a surround stakes horse called Nikita Jane, who was by So You Think, and Street Gossip gives me very similar vibes. I think she'll be a very good horse next autumn and could just potentially pick off a stakes race before going to bigger and better things. $13 is nuts. Nuts. Should be half that. Yeah, I'm going to quickly go now. I'm... I'm over the moon that you like street gossip because I'm also in her corner. I was actually on Pirelli in in that uh, in its maiden win, and I thought, "What is this thing flashing through me and beating me?" Um, so I just thought, "Put that in the black book, black book, and I'm going to back it wherever it goes next." And it's lobbed here in, you know, it's a strong-ish race, but a lot of the main chances have drawn cast and she's drawn beautifully in barrier four uh the philly by so you think obviously and 13 14 dollar mark i think that's an outstanding price i think she just has to start single figures um we obviously don't know what her ceiling is yet well i'm not sure what the debut rated like but for me it was all visual it was all eyes and it was pretty sexy so street gossip i'm gonna i'll be betting early yeah, I, I haven't actually priced this race up properly yet, but I thought running running by was the horse like, that interests me. Um, yes, she, Wilbur. Good luck, yes. Yeah, she she comes through two fast run races and fast run races, and she was in the the inferior ground on the inside where you didn't want to be um, on Cox Plate Day. Um, she was off fifty three days there. She was strong through the line. Uh, Ethan Brown is obviously a negative jo- jockey change from. Um, John Allen, um, but uh, Kieran Ma, David Eustace, and Ethan Brown are um, got in a combination. They go at a, a profitable percent, um, profit on turnover. Um, I don't know. This was a race I didn't have a huge amount of confidence in. Um, but I, I also thought Sweeten. She's been um, half slaughtered a couple of times at the back of the field. Not not necessarily the jockey's fault. She's a, I guess she's a tricky horse to ride and being drawing wide barriers, but. Um, I get getting up to fourteen hundred meters. I think she's a really nice horse. Craig Williams goes on. She's probably going to get back from eleven again, but um, she's a horse I think can, that can be um, uh, improving up in trip. Uh, I wanted to be against Angry Skies. I definitely wanted to be against Sandpaper. It was completely blessed to win that fourteen hundred meter race two back, and I hate the, the hate the setup. Um, uh, eponymous, I don't like either. Um, and yeah, I, I could def- I definitely see why you like Street Gossip. The race rated um, pretty well, um, but uh, it's, it's still a fair step up in class, I thought. But without a huge opinion. Yep, beautiful. Nico, you're obviously in the running by camp. That was a massive spiel for someone who doesn't have much of an opinion, Wilbur. Just <laughs> <laughs> giving my thoughts. He's just showing off now. <laughs> Showing off because Trav's here, aren't you? Huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with I'm with running by um, for most of the reasons that Wilbur touched on. Johnny didn't really have a whole lot of luck last start. Uh, got shuffled back near last up the inferior. Ran on good, was strong through the line. So yeah, happy to be with. Um, there was a few smarties that did note her down as a horse to follow. So yeah, I'm happy to happy to stick with. Um, Buying into that, Brownie's not that big of a, not that bad of a jockey change. Yeah, he has won a yeah, group one this preparation this, <laughs> yeah. this spring, so he's not going horrible. Yeah, he's probably arguably he's probably going a little bit better than Johnny Allen. So I was going to say, like this spring, I think it's a positive. 
Jalen's, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's finding yeah, his way back into form. He hasn't been yeah, given much of an opportunity. Don't know, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't say personally. I don't think there's much between them talent yeah, wise. Yeah, probably not. Just just don't a bit. Of I thought the other horse. Yeah, maybe worth a mention. I don't know. You just cut me off whenever you want, boys. We need to move on. But fourteen magic time. Um, very good win at Packenham on the synthetic. She was very well backed in the market. Started two dollars. Respect anything Graham Beggs putting a saddle on at the moment. Um, she was down to running the Red Roses over eleven hundred, and I know that was the preferred race, but she got balloted out. Um, so the step to fourteen hundred is a little question for me, but I think she's got proper talent. Again, could probably suggest that she's maybe overs just on talent. Um, but this is a, this is a tough little race. Uh, yeah. One, one no, more. That's, I that's thought, all good stuff. One more. I have oh. half an opinion of. Sorry, is Gaza Blanca? I think. I think uh, it'll improve sharply on a good track. It's a really big horse, and um, that that Machoa yeah. maiden that it won it rated really, really nicely, and it, and it absolutely bolted him. No jockey booked. You no gonna jockey. jump on? Trav, sure. do we know a jockey for this horse? No, putting him on the spot fourth emergency I think they would be oh, yeah, yeah fourth emergency they'd be yeah, they'd true. be hoping they got to run you yeah. can jump if on if it does we'll <laughs> see what I can right. do let's move on to race four it is the Queen's Cup uh, obviously it was Queen Elizabeth of times gone by but no longer rest in peace Queen Elizabeth this year uh, it's over 2600 metres and it is a group three we've got the import Sulcombe is going to be ridden by Craig Williams. We heard the early mail during the week was Craig uh, J Mac was going to ride, so Trav might be able to shed a bit more light on that. It's two dollar eighty favourite. Persan five, Luna Flair six. Um, is she okay after the little mishap before the cup? Luncy's ten, Great House eleven, Captain Envious sixteen, King of the Castle seventeen, No Compromise nineteen, Warning nineteen, Sound thirty four, Cougaracha thirty four, San Herberto fifty one, and Karif hundred and one to one. Yeah, I'll shed some light on that. Um, something that's probably not very well known, but a lot of the jockeys, when they get booked for Chris Waller, they're booked to ride for the stable, not necessarily a horse. Um, they may have been aligned with a certain horse on Sunday, but uh, Chris has obviously wanted to throw no compromise into the race, which I don't think was going to happen on Sunday, and his 106 rating has him as a 59... I think you ne- this race has to have a 59-kilo top weight. So... If, Given he's in the race, uh, a horse like Sulcombe is a, like a lot closer to the minimum than he might have been, say, if Sound or Persan with a top Dirty weight. Dirty Waller set up. Yeah. Uh, and also, J-Mark J- just can't ride 54 kilos, so that's probably yeah. the main reason Willow goes on. Um, yeah, I think, in, in hindsight, I probably... Just could have said he was booked to ride for Waller in the Queen's Cup. Um, I got information it was Sulcombe, but looking at his rating of 85, he was always going to be on the minimum, which meant J-Mac was never going to be able to ride him. A little yeah, error yeah, for right. me. Would it, would it be a good opportunity to shed some light, Benny, and Will, to ask Trav about how he goes about his likely field work come Sunday? Can you give us a bit more information about the process that sort of... Yeah, go on. It's not in the question, so we'll, we'll, we'll go... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's something I've been doing for a long period of time. I think this might have been the sixth year I did it for the carnival. Um, I sort of thought, when I started, it was because there was a little bit of a gap 
I thought there was no one really doing it from the company I was working for, which was racing.com. Um, and it was, it was really because information I love to like see. Um, so I thought, why not try and do a bit of it myself? And then um, a little bit of a shout out to a former manager of mine, Shane Anderson, gave me a lot of free reign to sort of do what I wanted. And I wasn't in the content team, like I was sort of behind the scenes, but he gave me a chance. Uh, and it's sort of all gone from there. I think, yeah, sixth spring doing it. But in terms of the process of doing it, a lot of the feature races, if you're really um, invested like week by week of where horses are running, you can pretty much narrow down what horses are going to head where. Uh, and then it's just trying to get confirmation from the stables and the jockey managers as to who's riding them. Um, yeah, I don't. I think more of my stuff, it's not necessarily... I'm never going to be someone who's going to report like a breaking news that, I don't know, say Winx is not running in a in a cox plate and she's going to the melbourne cup or something like that that's probably going to be reserved to your journos but for me it's like that sunday um it's sort of yeah well, i like to lay claim to that day a little bit and try and be <laughs> hitting the news with everything um to just tell you who's riding who and who's going to be in the races like i i hate getting the likely fields wrong um but yeah, so I try try my best to have communications with nearly every big stable. Most of them are really good. A couple of them can sort of dodge and weave questions, um, but they are dealing with. I say that they're dealing with multi-million dollar horses. You know, there's a lot of money on the line, and sometimes their plans do change from Sunday to Tuesday regarding if a horse has galloped and all that sort of stuff. So I sort of understand sometimes why they dodge them. Um, but all your big jockeys are pretty much really good. Like J Max manager Guesty, um, you know Liam Pryor manages Nash and Blake Shin. Just a couple to give shout outs. Um, Dean Hawkes who manages Damien Lane. All of them you manage big names. Uh, unbelievable with giving info. So uh, yeah, I think I've gone very in depth for a quick question. <laughs> no, that's good. Awesome. No, that's good. It, it certainly helps us. I mean, we're looking at the form on a on a Sunday, looking at all ins. And the amount of times I've been able to get on overs because of your likely fields is awesome. Are you a pick up the phone type of bloke and you always, you know, call or is it just a text or is it an email or is it a mixture of everything? Uh, I have to be honest. When I started, I hated calling. I was, I'm kind of at... <laughs> Same. I, um, when I come across on po podcasts, probably come across as a guy's a bit of a larrikin, but deep down, I'm very much just sort of keep my head down and... Um, I don't know what the best way, a bit of an introvert. Um, yeah. So I don't don't love putting myself in uncomfortable situations. So probably always the text is my go-to. But with a few of the bigger stables, because they have so many runners, um, say Ma Eustace is a great example with Reese Murphy, who is their racing manager. He's also the jockey manager for Mark Zara and Jai McNeil. Um, I would call him because we just have to discuss too many horses. And I know if I call him, I'll get a response. And if I text him, uh, he might not be wanting to write a bloody three-paragraph um, text. So, yeah, it just depends. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing insight. All right, let's get back into the race. Obviously, the Queen Elizabeth, 2,600 metres, Group 3. This import has come up a short price favourite. He's $2.80 with Craig Williams aboard. Um, then you have to Persan, who's kind of started to re recapture his form a bit. And Luna Flair, she's flying, but... How much is that little incident she had going to affect her? What do we think? Is his favourite too short or is it right price? Yeah, I'll go first. I think he's way too short, Solcom. Um, 
I know he's he's got a progressive profile from overseas, and uh, Wilbur might be able to shed some light on Twitter later in the week when he gets the the ratings for these internationals. And if he's pricing him short in the market, I'm scared. <laughs> but um, I don't know. He, for me, his form's just like of a horse who's next year um, going to be sort of better. I know he's got some dominant wins, but you know. I, Looked at the second and third horses behind him at York. I don't think they're much good. He was sort of towed up by Secret State. He's got form around Who You and uh, Doville Legend, but uh, you know I, I don't know if that, that tie-in maybe isn't you know as relevant. He carried fifty-two and a half against Secret State with sixty-one over twenty-four hundred. Like it's a lot of difference in weight. He's probably flattered to be beaten one point seven. I would have thought. Um, and yeah, I just think he's a bit too under. It's like. He's just the international that everyone wants to find. We haven't had one really this year that's come out and won, and he's got a lot of boom on him, this horse. And I just thought, for me personally, he's, he's way too short, Solcom. Um, I'm interested in your boy's take, though, because let's face it, the Australian stayers, well, this is not a bad group of them, but um, the internationals, if, if they are to improve, they probably beat a, beat a lot like this. Yeah, I'm happy to go. I'm betting a little bit blind, but I thought it was a bit of a bet-up, fill-up situation. <laughs> I'm just going to buy into the hype and hope I don't have egg on my face. I think that that sort of um, thought process is easy enough to do. I'm, I'm maybe extending this podcast way longer than you want, but I, I'm just going to go back and reel off a few names that have... Uh, oh, they've changed this. This is the Queen's Cup. Uh, the Queen Elizabeth, I know a few off the top of my head, like True Self International... Francis is of Assisi International, Fantastic Light International. It's a good race for the internationals. So I can understand the um, the point of view that you want to be with him. Mm, True Self obviously won it twice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I thought... Look, I, I thought this was a horse that I want to find, and I still think I might be, but I surely it does start with at least a three in front of it. Um, the thing is, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure what they're going to back. I think Luna Flair will have her supporters. The form around her is obviously outstanding. Around Francesco Guardi, I think Francesco Guardi probably would have started second or third favorite in the Melbourne Cup if he had a pressed on there. So she's currently six dollars. It's just um, you know a matter of if she's over that little foot problem. Um, what what do you kind of make of that, Trav? She obviously they deemed her lame yeah. for the cup, mm. and now she's racing on a Saturday. That that is quite interesting for a lot of punters. Yeah, I think there's always the lameness is it's so broad. Lameness is a term, so you've you've really got to go down the specifics, and you got to. Le- I think you know when for me as someone who's sort of trying to help people, you know, who aren't can't have have the time to be in the know and everything. I've got to try and hone down on why she was lame. Uh, she had essentially a bruised heel, so she could have done anything from kicked out at the box, um, you know, tripped over, just some real basic stuff. Um, they, they iced her, I know, all of Monday. She just didn't pass the fitness test on Tuesday morning, and the stable's very, very confident that she's fine now, and it was just just unfortunate timing so i don't know if you to put that into human terms it's, it's potentially is uh what, what would the way to maybe like a sore calf or something 
Mm. You know, something that's just the oh, well, you played sort of a decent level of footy, Benny. You would have known. I'm, I'm pumping you up here, but uh, <laughs> you would have known. <laughs> there's a few yeah. few guys you would have played with that carry niggling issues to get up for a game, right? Yeah. And there might be one week where they don't quite get up and then they're right to play in two days' time. I think that's more what we're looking at with Luna Flair rather than anything really serious because there's no way they would have accepted with her if it's serious. And I, I, would, I would almost guarantee the race for Victoria Vets will pass her by Friday. So for me, I'm not treating it as a setback at all. I'm just treating it, this horse is fine. It's ready to go. Like I'm backing in one of the best trainers in Victoria. Um, I think sometimes that kind of narrative can be... I'm going to sound a little bit harsh here, but I think it can be overdone by people who don't know enough about horses in the media. They beat up that narrative that haven't handled horses, don't know quite enough about the injury, because lameness is just so broad. Yeah, um, and you really have to know the specifics sometimes. And um, I, I kind of wish sometimes with things like that that they um, address them a bit better. Because you're right, the perception's not great. She got pulled out of the Melbourne Cup, but she's allowed to run... Mm. Three days later or four days later um but i think from from my standpoint and everything i know um it's a very very minor thing that put her out of the cup and just very unlucky for connections because i think if she ran in the cup the way that race sort of worked out it was a race that you know was qu quite fast run from the 1200 high pressure would have really suited her I, I was pretty keen on her in the cup i thought she would have run top three um the third horse high emotion she's beaten every time they've met at mm -hmm. 2400 so you know if, if you're saying that the cup forms any good relative to soul comb it, she has to be a bet here for me yeah has to be yeah i yeah i don't i don't think that six or 650 will be hanging around long well what are your thoughts on the race um, so I've just sort of priced the race. Um, I've just made Sulcum market price until I get figures, and then I can have a proper opinion. But um, Secret Secret State is a proper horse, like that's proper um, European handicap form. And and then it and then it went on to bolt up in a twenty eight hundred meter race. I think it missed the start badly there too. Was held up for a run, and then it just exploded. So I wouldn't be surprised if that race. Um, uh, rates very well, and and this is a genuine dollar fifty chance, but, um, but yeah, and, and it's well bred too, and it's bought by the right connections. I wouldn't be surprised if they completely stomp it. But the horse outside of Sulcum that I'm really surprised by the price of, of was Kukaracha. On a good track, Kukaracha's form is just like it's really really good. Good track, fourth up, twenty eight days between runs, last start. <laughs> It ran in a really nice race where last week it's on the back up here. Star of India went really well. It's a, an import for the Wallace Stable, I'm pretty sure. Um, back up, it was off 28 days there. Um, 2,600 metres, like it's, it's a Queensland Oaks winner on a good track. All of its best form is on a good track. I'm, I'm actually pretty keen that this is a single figures chance um, and it's 30, 30, 30s or 40s, I think you can get at the moment. Pretty keen. Yeah. Derby winner. You you change Derby another You change the sex of another horse. <laughs> I don't mind this from Wilba. I don't mind this at all. I think this horse is completely ready to do something. Um, and there's Does a few he? of these. I will say one thing. There's a few of these that have they've already had grand finals. Like mm. he's probably mm. a horse that's on the up at least this preparation. Um, 
I know Benny and Nick haven't talked yet, but has Warning got any here with Nash going back on? Oh. He's undefeated on the horse. Oh, I, I backed I backed him last week because well, he, this, cause he this... always goes well on, on a, a third up and he always peaks third up. But after last week, he's just gone. Surely he's just gone. Maybe he needs a good track and a really fast tempo. Yeah, Nico. But... Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Nico? Yeah, he's gone. But every every single time you want to pen a horse and they get Nash on, you're like, yeah, that that's the key. Like he's just gonna he's gonna he's Is gonna it the ride the he is a defender. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With Nash on. Beat Luna Flair. He's going to ride any little bit of meow out of him, isn't he? <laughs> Possibly. Well, he's, the, he's the only guy to get the horse to go, really, for two years. But, yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, I, don't know if, I don't know if he can come into him after last week. He flat out looked like he needed the, the Jericho Cup. Um, <laughs> he did carry 59 in this, in this race last year as well. I know it's all relative against the field if but. he get if he gets beat 10 lengths on sunday i'm on the phone to brad taylor racing manager at friedman and saying get, get him, him over the jericho. jumps <laughs> get him, get, the let's get him yeah. in the first maiden hurdle next year <laughs> no, no, let's not wait that long the jericho 4600 <laughs> coming up in december yeah he's australian bred he'd actually you know this his, is his it, his it rating would be too high wouldn't it oh it probably would but i mean like we can bend the rules <laughs> I don't think I don't think the uh, the Jericho actually has like a max rating, so um, it'll just be the way you'd have to give back to the others. But yeah. mm. I don't. Right. Could we could we do something like that? Racing previews, programming. You know, like... <laughs> possibly. We'll give Josh Grimwood a call and uh, we'll sort a couple of things out. You're you're mates with some people in some pretty high places, aren't you, Benny? Like working at the Valley's got to get you some pull somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah. It does a little bit. <laughs> we, we, we can sort something out. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to go on to race five? I think Nico and yeah. I are with the favourite, but uh, it's kind of just wait wait to uh, open fire a little bit. Let's go. I, two. I, I found, just on last point on this race, I find it very weird on the last start that Persan's $5 and Luna Flair's 6 like, yeah. She smashed him. Yeah, if you just take away the the injury query, there's no way you could have Persan inside of Luna Flair. That's just nuts. No. It, looks little, it just it looks a little bit sexy in the form guide though, doesn't it? Ma, Ma used to Zara, staying trip. I think He's another I th- one that could go to the Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> the the price is the price is definitely factoring in the uh, the bruised the bruised foot or whatever it is. Yeah, at six dollars for sure. Yeah. All right, let's go to race five. It is the Matriarch Stakes 2000 Metres Group 2 for the Mares. Uh, our favourite here is a tissue. It might be first time 2000 metres for this horse. J-Mac Waller, 460. Equal favourite, actually, with Dynasties, 460 as well. Polly Gray, can she win on a dry track? She's $5. Foxy Freeder, 750. Honey Creeper, 8. Cerulio Miss, 950. Glory Bound for uh, Nolan and Moods. They won the Golden Eagle last week. 11s and then 23 to Steinem and Longer the rest. Matriarch, it's always, it's always a good race. Nico, you go first. Uh, I'm pretty keen. I thought this is like probably the better bet outside of the shorties for the day. I'm um, with a tissue on top. I know she's got her fair share of convictions, and so it's not normally a horse I want to bat up for, but she gets a massive jockey change here with J-Mac going on from Preble last start and Jay Ford behind behind that. Uh, she followed him. She followed Ice Bath and the Empire Rose. Had to angle to the outside when Ice Bath ducked back to the fence. Got held up for a few strides at the 275, and then proper held up for about 20 meters or so at the 200. 
let down super when in clear air, only beaten two lengths. When Ice Bath had clear running, um, yeah, she was strong through the line. J-Mac goes on for the second time in her career. I think he rode her in one of her early starts. Fifth up, 2,000 metres. This is a dirty wall of setup. <laughs> Dynasties, well, uh, I, I thought it was a very false favourite. I thought a tissue should be clear fave. Polly Gray needs it wet, and we're going to be on a good four slash good three. Foxy's had her fair share of chances. Um, I won't touch on Honey Creeper, but yeah, I thought if a tissue's ever going to win a dead set race, she's going to get no better chance than here on Saturday. I agree. I didn't think I'd be agreeing with Nick at all. <laughs> Neither do we. <laughs> Neither did I, Trav. I, I said to the boys, I said, be prepared. Trav and I are both strong opinions. We're both not going to back down. If I like something and he doesn't, he's going to tell me why he doesn't like it and it's going to be vice versa. So I was prepared for you to, to shout at me for this one, but I'm happy that we're in the same yeah, same. Yeah, corner. I have a lot of um, sort of mates who do the form. They all call me a contrarian. I'm always sort of thinking outside of everyone else, but... I don't necessarily think that's the case, but uh, I, I, anyway, I'm with the tissue. I, I think the case you've made is very, very good. I'm not going to say too much more, except for only run at 2,000 metres she won, and she hasn't seen 2,000 metres for Walla. I'd almost pen her last preparation, except for the Tats Tiara, because she didn't jump out of the barriers too often. And uh, yeah, I thought she's, she's building perfect. The last two runs have been really good. Empire Rose form into a matriarch. That's that's the the way to win the matriarch. I would have thought on the backup. It's, it's good recipe. Um, agree that four sixty around that price. I'm pretty keen. Yep. Yes. I am also with a tissue. You see J Mac going on like the setup is just absolutely perfect. Two thousand meters fifth up, and it's drawn. Couldn't have drawn any better. A tissue drawn five. So pretty keen there she actually has been one of mine i've been following and i've tipped her a couple of times at big odds and i've been on the the loose end of her a couple of times when she's missed the start horribly but this seems d-day for her i think she can get back in the winner stalls and i think she deserves to be a clear-cut favorite um the other two that i could kind of save on i thought honey creeper is worth another go two starts back she was an absolute tragedy beaten at ranwick she jumped out of the ground late and she definitely should have won that race last start um behind star of india she got it a bit far back and you know she wasn't definitely wasn't at her best but i think she can bounce back she goes rachel king to nashville willa draws a good barrier in barrier three and she's around the eight nine dollar mark the one that i could stick up for getting back to a good surface i think this mare definitely needs a dry track is steinem um yep. you can get around 23 dollars for her and you know she actually had, does have some big sps a, a couple preps ago um you know starting two dollar sixty favorite she beat quantum mechanic the form around that isn't too bad and now she gets back out to she gets out to two thousand meters i thought she was worth a little bit as well johnny allen and uh the Ma Eustace combination. Yeah, I I agree with all of you. Um, I I had a tissue five fifty. Wow. So you yeah, and me agree. Yeah, I know. No, I had I had a tissue five fifty. I had a top pick, but um, okay, she's four sixty or something. I thought that was a bit short. Um, Honey Creeper is the one that I I like. Um, she's on the backup. Um, she she won uh, she won that race before the uh, the the Oak 
Oaks, the, the New South Wales Oaks, AJC Oaks, and she won it absolutely bolting through the line. She was really strong late. Um, she, 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 she's here on a seven-day backup. She's, she was being really, really strong through the line um, her last two races. Uh, last start was a complete setup. It was just taken out the back from a wide barrier, and um, and yet yeah, this is the setup race. She'll be more forward here, midfield. Um, I guess a small query is um, uh, the only time she's ever been on a backup. She didn't go well, but that was, I guess that was a sort of end of prep run after a long prep in the um, in, in in the Oaks. And then the other query was um, the inside part of the track, but that but that held up pretty well today. So I'm. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, so I've got I've got Honey Creeper 670. Um, I was hard against Polly Gray on a good track. Foxy Frieda was about market price. Steinem I also liked. I thought she was uh, marginally over the odds on a good track. Um, the horse that I thought was um, twice as big as it should be was Dusser. Um, her when she gets up to 2,000 uh, meters, she ran she... today. Oh, did she? Oh, right. Okay, don't worry. Couldn't do much today, will All right. Well, um, I was happy to see the back of Dusser out of this race. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Well. Um, Sorry, mate. Keep going. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be backing Honey Creeper and then may, maybe Steinem. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you're probably going to cop an L there, Will, because the tissue's <laughs> winning, bro. <laughs> Let's go to leg one of the quaddy. This is where the big action starts. It is the Dali Champion Sprint Group 1, 1,200 metres. I'll read out the full market because I think these horses deserve to be read out. They've made it to, you know, the possibly the the grand final of the Victorian Sprint. Nature Strip, $1.95, Gear Kick, the Everest winner, five fifty. dollars 50 Ballinipatina, $6. And then we're straight out to $21, Paul Ailey, $26, Rock, uh, Rock and Horse, $26, Levante, $34, Mask Crusader, $34, Rothfire, 34 front page, uh, 34 Argentia, 41 September run, 41 lofty strike, 51 baller, and then 100 to 1 for the Inferno and the Astrologist. Major Strip, he's won this race two years in a row. He's going for the back-to-back-to-back. He's just slipped into the red now, and he draws barrier 12 again. He drew barrier 12 in the Everest, and obviously it wasn't a good game for him, but surely barrier 12 down the straight looks ideal. You'd think so, given you'd reckon on this like final day of the carnival, they're going to be getting wider on the straight. So he's already going to draw in the best position. Um, just quietly, Benny, you can tell you've sort of modelled yourself for a racing administrator role, like going through the 15 <laughs> horses in the market. Um, There's only one horse you need to, to play, talk about here. Nice to everyone. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, the draw's a tick for Nature Strip up the straight. I think coming to that outside rail, if you go back and watch his two VRC sprint demolitions, um, they're both when he's drawn close to the outside and he's just allowed to sort of go through his gears. I think there's a pest in the race, though, here to him that no one's... I don't know if a stack of people are going to bring it up. Front page here for him is not good. Um, Barrier three... This is a mad leader front page. He's got some big figures at the Flemington 1200 cranked up off a Kosciuszko win. He's not nowhere near the class of Nature Strip, of course, but where Nature's probably at his most vulnerable is when he's got a pest next to him. Both of his wins in the Dali Sprint, he's been able to 
sort of control the race and he hasn't had a horse sort of go with him. That's most of his runs at Flemington. When he has come undone at Flemington, I go back to sort of a lightning stakes uh, that I'm going to say loving uh, G-Tra won. G-Tra won it, yeah. Yeah. He had a bit of pressure and that's when he can be sort of at his most vulnerable. Yeah, I don't love front page being in the race for him. That's that's just my sort of take. Baller also can sort of push forward. Rothfire can push forward. So there's plenty of pressure here. And I, oh, I love Nature Strip, and I've been his biggest fan for a long time. But a smart person told me in horse racing, you don't cheer. You know, you don't you don't support in horse racing. If you're betting, you you got to be. You know, that's for the sporting codes. You've got to try and find the best price. Tell Nico about that. <laughs> and I, yeah, no, I know. Can't, can't come with. <laughs> I, I know. Sometimes it breaks my heart too. Like to win on the race and Nature Strips got beaten. I'm probably going to be filthy. But I think there's just a complete bet here. Um, I really love this the setup here for uh, Giga Kick. I, I just think he's so well set up by front page being in this race. High pressure's been when he's at his best. People will tell you it's been when he's around a bend. Well, they walked in the uh, sort of, in the race he won, beating Buenos not chess, and he was 75% fit. So that's, dispel that theory. It's when he's got high pressure is when this horse is at their best. That's genuinely when you find out a horse is a group one talent. Last start, we learnt that. He could be the best sprinter in the land, this horse. Um, and Nature Strip, I'm a little bit reserved on his last two starts. I thought he had everything go in his favour to win first up with a couple of horses back in the field sort of waiting towards the Everest. And then last time, like, he, he ran really credible in the Everest. He had things against him, but um, I'm just wondering whether this is this is the, the turning point where, where someone puts their hand up to take over the mantle as the number one sprinter here in Australia. And... For me, I think Giga Kick will do it. So five dollars, I'm very keen. I think he's a great bet. Well, we didn't think I'd be hearing that, but Nico, I can I can see your blood boiling. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to call the Jets and let me go first, or would you like? No, you can. Yeah, you can go. I'll wait till later. Right. <clears throat> well, I just want to quickly mention that we have backed on close friends on Instagram we we put out a bet for Bella Nipotina just for the place at $2.80 and she's now $6 and $1.95 so I, I think that's good going obviously last start in the Manicato I think she ran a 107 wheel um, yeah. so yeah. she's gone to a massive career peak there you'd expect that she does come down a little bit off that level but she's absolutely flying and she's definitely you know in the on the podium for the best horses in Kiramar and David Deuce's stable I do think Nature Strip is a deserved favourite here, and I do think he is the likely winner. Um, I take your point, Trav, about front page. I actually know some people in the ownership group, and I was speaking to them today about this horse, and obviously he's got to carry the same weight as Nature Strip, 58.5, so he's not exactly well in there at the ratings, but I still think Nature Strip can run his own race here. He's drawn barrier 12, and he's just, J Mac is just going to find the best patch of grass race i'm not sure what race this is race 30 something on on the four-day program and i think he's just going to be too good for him i know like we know now he doesn't have to lead we've seen that he can sit off a pace and still accelerate yes he can be a little bit vulnerable um when he doesn't find those conditions but 
I don't think this horse has lost third up in two years. Um, he obviously loves the Flemington straight, and I think he's going to be cranked up, ready to go. The only little, little niggling thing I'd say is he hasn't really had a proper spell. He obviously went mm. over to England. He had a couple months off the scene, and he's had two runs back already. There's just that tiny little niggling doubt in my mind that he's had a tough run in the Everest. Could he be a little bit flat off it? That's my only reservation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, before before we get to Nick and Wilbur, I will because we're just talking on Nature Strip. He's two runs this preparation on sort of the database I use, which is punning form, are well down on his usual rating. So there's a narrative to say that, like, I don't think that's a, a narrative that you can be completely against that he may have like is really tired at the end of a long year. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I um, oh, like, I guess the the way I thought about it was um, sometimes horses when they come off a like a short break, um, they they can peak first up, they they run their peak for the preparation first up, and then they don't get anywhere anywhere near that for the prep. But sort of the way I've looked at it is like Nature Strip ran to the level he he normally does um, first up when when then he's going to go to a, new, a, a peak second up right the race in the everest wasn't didn't work out for him it w- they went too fast um and and it just it, it was just wasn't a good spot for him it's it's the last like couple of years every time he's racing the everest um like it's not a typical nature strip rating because because they go so fast and it's such a high pressure race that he he just it, it's not a it's not a race that suits nature strip because it's 15 million dollars and everyone wants to go as fast as possible but um um yeah, I, I've marked Nature Strip at dollar sixty. I think he just wins. Um, like, just like uh, I think I know Ballad Nibatina ran that massive rating last start, um, but that wasn't Mooney Valley. All of her form, this preparation, isn't Mooney Valley. Um, she, she obviously, she's obviously improved this prep, but can she convert that to Flemington? And she got everything run to suit um, last start. Um, I'm just have a small query on her. And then, and then Giga Kick, I don't know, a half, I don't know, I, it's such a spike figure, I don't know what to think about it, I know he finally got put in a high pressure race and, and maybe he was just given the opportunity to, to run that figure, but I, I just think he, he regresses, he's still a, still a, a three year old, he, he's come to the, uh, there's still a long preparation for him, I, I just think Nature Strip's going to I know that should be fast, but they don't typically go as fast as they normally do around a bend at Flemington. And um, uh, Flemington's the best spot for him down the straight. You saw that at Ascot. You see it at Flemington every single time he goes. He runs down the Flemington straight. And I think he'll just run a number there. And, like, these horses just can't run. Like If Nature Strip turns up, he wins. It's that simple because other horses can't get anywhere near that. If they go too fast and he, he, he blows up, then they can beat him. But if he turns up and he runs a Nature Strip rating, that they won't beat him. And, and you're getting even money for him, and I'm I'm happy to to bet on that. Open the shoulders, Nico. You've had time to process everyone's thoughts. We know you're his number one fan. Let us know what you're thinking. Well, yeah, I think this is the better the carnival, two dollars thereabouts. Um, he's just a different horse up the straight. You know, I'm. I'm the first one to forgive and I'm the first one to 
to talk down on him, but yeah, like I think the the whole talk of baton change and all this sort of stuff is is ridiculous. Off one run, they rode to get him beat, and he wasn't quite himself in the Everest, which is all fine. But yeah, he'll bounce back. He'll bounce back here. Um, yeah, I uh, if I get a market Balanipatina giga kick head to head, I'm betting up Balanipatina. Wow. Uh, uh, give me none a giga kick. Um, he's a hateful horse, and he'll. Uh, he'll <laughs> hateful horse. There's no reason to hate him. He's never lost. He beat Nature Strip. That's why. He'll, that's he'll, why. He'll, he'll always, he'll always have a sword at Nico HQ. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Nah, he. Uh, I hope NS stands up and. And silences a few people on Saturday. Obi goes out and he, he kicks their head in by four, but I could have my blinkers on and people are probably thinking Nico's just doing what Nico does talking about Nature Strip. But yeah, I, I don't need to say anything else. He'll, he'll do the talking on Saturday. For, for reference, Trav, uh, Nico's best bet a couple months ago was also Alpha One when Giga Kick stormed over oh. the top of him. <laughs> so, so that's why he's a hateful horse in Nico's book. Yeah. Geez, um, he might not. He doesn't like Clayton Douglas either. One of the most likely <laughs> guys in the day. Uh, Clayton, I don't have a problem with Clayton. I had a beer with Clayton in the bull. Me and Clayton are, are all. Good. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of his horse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. Quaddy. I think Quaddy wise, I want to just chuck one horse in here. I think he's set up to absolutely explode on the quick backup. Yeah. Lofty strike, blinkers on. Wasn't ready for the like. That it's was a really fast run. Fast run Coolmore, wasn't ready for it coming off like a heavy track run where he wasn't really fit. I love that Julius backs him up because he's a guy who's very conservative and blinkers on. Like if you take out Nature Strip and Bala and Giga Kick, what price would you have had Lofty Strike in the Manicato? Like against oh, the on a, like on a the wet track guy. on a wet track probably longer, but he gets his dry track Saturday. Yeah, dry dry track. I'm, I'm sort of just yeah. speaking talent. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you know, I think he's a better horse than Best of Bordeaux, who ran yeah, you know definitely. right up there with Rothfire. So, I want him in the quaddy lofty strike. Beautiful. All right. Well, I know there's going to be a lot of racing previews followers that will just take Nature Strip one out, but if you're a Travman um, follower, then you can take one fourteen and fifteen. Take Nature Strip with the two three year olds. What about nine? What? Are, yeah. What, what's actually, the We've sort of brushed over Bella a little bit. I'm sort of thinking she can't run up to that same figure. Yeah, don't think she I has think to, does she? I thought she was she a good place have... bet, and I and I backed her to place at at a better price. But I don't think she can beat him at the yeah. same time. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn. My little knock with her is back to Flemington, or like yeah. I think she's an unbelievable valley horse, and she sort yeah. of has this unbelievable kick round a bend where a lot of horses don't handle the bend as well. Yeah, um, but she should be a three-time group group one winner at Mooney Valley. Let's be honest. Yeah, she, oh, she's a remarkable horse, but I think at Flemington, there's a few horses here that are sort of meet her back a lot better. Yeah, yeah, it would have been I awesome think, if she won the Moya. She's she's just a hard horse to to take a set against because she always tries. Yeah, oh, like yeah, she always like, leaves yeah. everything that she's got on the track, so she's always a hard horse to to take a set against. Yeah. No, Although right. she's a good place bet, but yeah, hopefully she fills the hole. Yeah. Major Strip wins, she runs second, Gear Kick runs last. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's move on to race seven. It is the Kennedy Champions Mile. Uh, 
this pod is just ticking over the hour mark, so I won't read out the whole market, but we've got Private Eye. He's our favourite. He's on the backup. He's $3.10, and he's a new horse to this preparation. He's been absolutely awesome. Won first up at Flemington, ran second in the Everest, and then he won the consolation prize for the Everest and Nature Strip Stakes last start. He's three ten from Myra Braun, 440, Cascadian 5, and Alligator Blood 6. I'm telling Firm you now, the yeah. owners of Dallasan, Cinewan, Colding, they're very, very unimpressed. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they can blame you, Trav. <laughs> <laughs> Next time Trav brings them, they're going to say, well, we didn't get a mention on the Racing Previews podcast. We're not on top of you anymore. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I've, I've had people not text me back for less. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Go on. Um, I'm having two really strong um, bets here. I've I've really really keen on Private Eye. Um, he's just a different horse. His preparation. I know it's been over sprint trips, but last start, um, thirteen hundred meters, he like he broke he broke eleven seconds in 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 both last four hundred, uh, both sections in the last four hundred. So four to the two, he he broke eleven seconds, and then the same for um, to the post. He's just a different horse. He's progressed every single run. Um, yeah, like he's he only needs to run up to his form this preparation and he'll win this. Um, alligator blood. Oh, there's obviously the query: can he do it at sixteen hundred meters? And and is he different because he's running over sprint trips? But I'm taking the angle on the backup. Um, only three hundred meters up his trip, and with a with a really nice map, he can he can um, he can continue his good form. The other the other bet I'm having is alligator blood. I don't I don't know. Um, why this horse is what, what price is it? I think six or seven dollars or something. I think I've got a I've got um, alligator blood for sixty. It's a such a consistent horse. It just runs the same number every single nearabouts every single start. Two thousand meters wasn't a great spot for him. I think if he runs up to anywhere near his his Maccabi Diva or or um, the Underwood form, um, he he'll go really close here and. and I don't think there's a lot of speed in this race, so he, he can give a kick like he did in the um in the Maccabi Diva. So I'm quite keen on those two. I've 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 actually put a a massive hole in the the, the big hole in the market. I think is my Oberon. Um, it was really impressive win last start, but like he's just run up to his his European form on on the figures I use, and 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 that 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 form I've just put in a rating, and and, and that has him sixteen dollars here. Like he did beat up on um, um, uh, what's the horses? Bankers Buffalo choice. River Bankers and Choice. Yeah, Bankers yeah. Choice. Like what Buffalo price these here? Yeah. What price? Seriously, like he's. He, I, I thought he was a genuine sixteen dollar chance, and he's he's like four four five dollars in the market. Um, Cascadian will, will get back and from the the um, the wide barrier. I know I know he improves when he goes back in back in trip, um, but just from the wide barrier um, out of two fast on races I think he might be a bit flat footed and, and I was happy to be against him yep uh, I might go next we put out a bet for alligator blood at $11 a couple of weeks ago so we're kind of set there that, that does look like a good price I have um, should be betting early Wilbur <laughs> instead of waiting late um, so yeah I'm pretty set there I don't think that the setup for Cascadian possibly isn't great. He's drawn out, and this is going to be a slower tempo than what he's faced his last couple starts. We saw he was so impressive last start. He 
smashed Just Folk, who then ran second on Cup Day. He also beat Numerian and Montefilia easily. Look, we know those horses haven't really gone on with it, but I do think he has qualified as a genuine weight for age group one miler slash 2000 meter horse i'm not sure which one is his better distance to be honest but i did want him on side james mcdonald you can add a couple of lengths for him honestly he's just absolutely riding the crest of a wave at the moment um so i kind of wanted to have cascadian on top but i do understand the things against him and private eye like I don't want to be on the losing side of this horse again. I've been on the losing side of him twice. First up at Flemington, I thought, nah, down the straight 1,200. I left him out of the quaddy. He carried the 60 kilos and absolutely made me look silly. And then he's backed it up again with his next two starts. He's on the back up here. He goes 1,300 metres to 1,600 metres. But he has the biggest turn of foot in this race. And he's always been one of mine. He is getting a little bit tight now price-wise, but... Those are the two that I want on side. I backed um, Camel Passer and Swats that to beat first off. <laughs> what yeah, price them here? I think I did as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I backed the Astrologist to beat him first up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't believe I did that. Um, I'll, inter- really interested in your point there, Wilbur, about Maya Baron from a ratings perspective. He only went as well sort of as his UK numbers. Mm. That race, I think, um, flattered him a lot. It was a sort of pace explosion um, with military expert and Gentleman Roy. They just went so hard chasing Buffalo River. And, you know, those are sort of his two key rivals in the race. And they didn't handle the pressure coming out of a fast run Turak finish for the prep, both of them. And he was sort of the last man standing and Banker's Choice. You know, he's honest, but you're right. Like, what price would Banker's Choice be here? It'd be 50 to 1. So, and the rest. yeah, I can't get near him, my Oberon. Um, I'm always sort of, I was interested this race now going back to wait for age, back to the final day. You know, the, I think the last five, six runnings of the race had been on Derby Day. So sort of the, the historical profiling for, you know, for people who do that, for the Cantala Stakes or whatever, I think that's the registered name, but the Champions Mile yeah. now is completely out the window so i went back looking through the race and these sort of horses will maybe interest you of horses who ran really well on the cox plate but then couldn't sort of perform two weeks later over the hill so he thinks one of them got ran down in the in the in the cantala jimmy shoe grand army um there's a lot of horses yeah, Jimmy the Bear's dad. I'm ashamed that that's how you know Jimmy Shoe. <laughs> I'm not that old. you got to remember he's still in high school. <laughs> it's only 2011. Just go back and watch some replays, please. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think coming back from the Cox Plate to this race, now it's two weeks difference. I, I, I don't like it as a setup for Alligator Blood or Mr. Brightside. They're both really deep into the prep. They've both had five runs. They've had tough runs in these wait for age races. Their last four starts, or last three at least. Um, keen to be against them. So it's left me with Private Eye, Cascadian, Tavolu really is the key, the key chances given that I have to be kicking up for Tavolu. Like he's just, I think he's a bit overs here. I loved his win in the Turak. He's got a great record at Flemington. Lindsay Smith's turned him into an absolute beast over the last 12 months, and he's never missed the top three in his life. Um, yeah, I think he's over. I'm, I'm pretty keen he can run a race. 
Cascadian, I'm a bit with you, Ben. I don't know. What's his best distance? 1,600 or is 2000, it 2,000? I think. Um, Fast run 2,000. Yeah, I kind of think it's 2,000 and they don't want to, obviously don't want to run him against Animo in case, God forbid, he rolled him. <laughs> um, so, and he's going to get back. Yeah, I sort of think his best his best figures the last 12 months are 2,000, so I'm against him, so it leaves me private eye and Tavoli. That was a very long way of getting to that. But, yeah, <laughs> private eye for me, I think he's just, he's a ripper. Um, all he has to do is back up and he'll be right in the finish. And Tavolu, yeah, as I said, I just think he's overs. Yeah. Uh, so another you'll thing, be having the, the two bets? Yeah, two bets. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to, I forgot to mention was... Um, all of Cascadian's best form is in really fast run races, like brutal, brutal races, um, like the All Aged, the last two races. They're all really, really fast run races. That's where he runs his best. So, and, and I don't think it'll be fast run here. Yeah, well, you, you got to think is Alligator Blood wanting to be going that fast coming out of a Cox Plate? No, they'll, they'll all find their positions. And yeah, and then and who else is going to attack him for the front? Exactly. Dallasin. <laughs> yeah. Nico, real. Probably just the... cutting off Nico, but Dalasan here eighty to one. If he was to get back anywhere near his best, this is the sort of race oh, he could geez. bob up. <laughs> yeah, you're a, a Dalasan victim, aren't you, Trevor? <laughs> one more time. Oh yeah, I've, I've backed him in a few races. <laughs> Nico, oh, your favourite jockey's on him, so he's probably if anyone's going to pull one out of the hat for you. True MD, that's got to be a positive. I don't think it's Nico's favourite jockey. <laughs> Um, I'm at the real crossroads with this race. I was pretty keen Cascadian Alligator Blood at the start of the week, but um, yeah, I don't know. I still, I've taken everyone's points on board, but I still think Gay Bot, TC, like if I'm Thunderstruck was in this race, uh, I'd want to back him. And he was only beaten on the line by an absolute 15 out of 10 MZ Peach and the Maccabi Diva. Yes, I know that was at the start of the preparation verse now, but I, I still, I'm still pretty keen on Alligator Blood. I am worried about Cascadia now with the way that you boys see this race shape panning out, but look, I, I trust J-Mac enough that he's going to be mindful of all of that and he'll get him in the right position. Private, Private Eye is a real one that I, I wanted to be against. I thought he was a bit short in the market. I'm a bit fugazi on the 1300 metres to 1600 metres, but I don't know, maybe maybe I've got to go from offside to back to the fence for now. Um, yeah. Look, he could be the one that just sucks in. Yeah, like, if, if, if Cascadian's behind him, Cascadian's going to struggle to run past him, is all I'm thinking about now. So, yeah, um, I'm not really given a whole lot here, but, um, yeah, I'm at the crossroads. No worries. Right. Let's go to a quick quaddy. So, we're taking Private Eye. I think we're all in, in agreement that we want to take on My Obron. I think we take Cascadian, Alligator Blood, and Tuvalu or Tuvalu. Not sure how you say it. Yeah, it is interesting. Like Lindsay, Lindsay doesn't normally talk out of school about a horse and like the praise that he's got for Tuvalu. Like he thinks he's going to be a proper oh, this, a this time next year. Like he he. He yeah. speaks nothing but of the he still, highest He still regard. has to take it to wait for age, obviously. That's that's the little yeah. step up he has to take. But that's a step that Cascadian has taken this year and last season, obviously. So wouldn't put it beyond him at all. Yeah, has had his fair share of health problems, old Tuvalu, unfortunately. 
You can also draw a line through him through a lot of these horses. I know he hasn't raced, you know, Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, Cascadian. But he, he early on in his career, he did race I'm Thunderstruck and mm. was right mm. alongside him in a few races. So I'd say he's, he's improved since then. And I know Thunderstruck's improved since then too, but that's a bit of a line. Yep. Yeah. Him one, one question for you, Trav, here. If I'm Thunderstruck's here, would you be backing him? Uh, oh, obviously barrier dependent and things like that, but no, I don't think the race would have set up that well for him because I don't, I don't like that. There's not a stack of speed, and I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of going a bit historical. I'm just penning my uh, sort of thoughts on the the horses out of the Cox Plate that backed up two weeks later, you know, well before Wilbur's time, <laughs> and just. Sort of pinning myself to that, that that's, that's not good for this race. A lot different for the 2,000 metre race, but yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right, let's get to it then. Let's get to race eight because Wilbur's got to get to bed. It's the Tab <laughs> Champion Stakes 2,000 metre group one. Um, Animo is our favourite, obviously the Cox Plate winner. Drew Barrier 4 in the Cox Plate, draws Barrier 4 again. I'm Thunderstruck's 4.40. Zaki's out to a juicy price. $8. Moanga, 12s. Elliptical, the three-year-old. And another three-year-old, Mr. Maestro. They're 12 and 21. And Hinged is 26 and longer. The rest. He couldn't have drawn better, couldn't he? He's drawn the absolute marvel again, Animo. And he's just going to PR. What do we think? Do we think... Are there any chinks of the armor? It's hard to find one. Mm. They haven't beaten him all preparation. What makes them gonna do it now? Well, I think that, that that line is perfect. The I think the only angle you can play here, and you're gonna laugh, the only angle you can play here, three year olds, is the three year olds. <laughs> they haven't met him. They haven't met him. And we like the the sprint champion form is pretty solid against the three year olds. Um, I don't know. I, that's the only way I could play the race, not with a lot of confidence. Um, I, I don't see how I'm Thunderstruck and turn the tables at Flemington. Um, he'd need Zaki and Maximal to sort of make it a really fast run race, and he was sort of on the back of Animo, but even then, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's as good. I think he's probably a half-length worse than Animo. Um, but, I mean, you're not, not sort of being a genius... Um, I don't think you're being, uh, what's the right word here? I don't think you, people who are saying he should, he could have won the Cox Plate, you know, they have some merit in that argument because he was enormous in the Cox Plate on Thunderstruck and clearly didn't have the run Animo had. But the start prior, Animo had things against him and beat him, you know, in a, in a race where I'm Thunderstruck realistically, if he's better than Animo, should have beaten him. So... It's a, a really hard one to work out. I don't. Yeah, you know, I, I think personally, there's not that much between them. I sort of think there's a half length, a length between them, but sort of Animo's favour, and he gets the PR against him here, which is just what Animo's going to find most of his career. I thought Mwanga was huge in the Cox Plate. Could see him sort of running a good race, but again, I just don't think he can beat Animo, and I'm thunderstruck. So I'm going to make the case for the three-year-old Elliptical. Um, I, I think this is a good horse. Uh, I know the ratings from the three-year-olds, Wilbur's going to say, are not good, but they're out of some slowly run races. They haven't met the older horses, and when they've had some of the worst of three-year-olds of the crop have measured up, or, you know, they went in like the Everest, Giga Kick, 
Um, best of auto ran well in the Manicato. The ratings from the Vars, if Berkeley Square was to run in the Cox Plate, um, on a lot of figures that I've sort of seen, would have had him in the top five, which I thought was really interesting. I'd say this horse was a better run than Berkeley Square in the Guineas. He went to 2,000 metres and maybe just wasn't quite ready for it yet. He'd been in slowly run races. He found a fast run race. He was sort of sitting up on the speed. And he was vulnerable late. Convinced he's the best horse in the spring champion. And now he comes to, you know, sort of Flemington. He's fifth up. He's sort of on the up, I think, compared to a lot of the older boys who they've had their grand finals. I know, like, Animo's still same stage of the prep. But um, if I was to recommend a bet, he's the only bet I could recommend. I marked him inside double figures. I marked him inside Zaki. I've got him $7. So at 12 bucks, um, even though I'm like, I've marked him $7, he runs third. It's probably not the greatest bet of all time, but I just like if you're not taking those bets consistently as an analyst, you're just kind of an idiot. Like you've got to back your own judgment in, you know, in, in these sort of occasions. So yeah, as I said, I had him six fifty to seven dollars. That's double what he is in the market, or like half of what he is in the market. And yeah, as I said, he's the he's the only angle I could take to beat Animo because he hasn't raced him. It, Quick, sorry, mate. What are you gonna say? No, no, that's it. That's all I, I had. I was just waiting for Nick to completely knock me down. <laughs> Quick one for you, just on Zaki. Are you of the opinion, because I kind of am, that Jamie Carr's kind of slaughtered this horse the whole prep? Uh, I, I, not slaughtered. I think she's ridden to instructions um, in the Underwood and in the Caulfield Stakes and to have him sort of cranked up in the Cox Plate. Mm. And I thought in the Cox Plate, even though he didn't go as hard is what he possibly could have. Still had his chance. Yeah, he still had his chance. Like, yeah. he, he found the lead, he controlled it. That's pretty much what you wanted to see. And he couldn't beat Animo. I think he's lost I think he's lost two lengths from 2021. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I just... For me, he I marked him longer than Mwanga here, um, which I don't think I'd ever thought I'd be saying. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I couldn't have Zaki here. Yep. There is one key factor why he's lost those two lengths. It is the the pilot. I think, <laughs> think J Max worth two lengths on him. Yeah, I think J Mac clicks with the horse too, which could be even bigger. I would have loved to have seen her change here. Jamie go on Mwanga and Nash go on Zaki. I would have loved to see Nash on Zaki. Oh, that would have been unreal. But mm. um, they haven't changed, obviously. Because I, I just don't see what are they going to do with Zaki here with J Carr. They went, you know, controlled the race in the Cox Plate. Where's the difference? No, she'll like, go even again find the improvement. And, and he'll get run over again. Perfect exhibit A. She doesn't know how fast she's going today in the Oaks. That um, race was over a long way from home. When they turned that into a sit sprint, the horse yeah. with the best turn of foot was always going to win and she was cozy in behind them. Yeah. I think, again, like you can you can talk through the, the Oaks and I, I sort of fell in this trap. All those fillies out of the wakeful have like been busted up on the Saturday in this really fast run race. And then the trainers have said, you know, try and ride this conservative to get the trip because they they're probably feeling it. Um, a couple, I, I just that's in the back of my mind. But again, like if you're a Group One winning jockey, you got to make decisions. And she, yeah, I, I agree. She probably didn't give Pavitra the best chance to beat She's Extreme. Yeah, yeah she probably didn't. Like the... But she she still ran second. Like like she she put her her horse on the lead in a slowly run race, and she ran yeah. second in a in a Group One. I, I'm always interested. That's not a bad in this ride fact. to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm always interested in this. I hear um, 
listen to a lot of racing content. I think it's, um, I'm a big consumer of podcasts, and one of the ones I listen to is Racing and Sports with Adam Blenko, and love him as a judge. And he's always like, "You ride, don't you want to ride to win rather than the best position? Like, don't you want to go all guns blazing to win? And if it doesn't work, so be it. Mm. Um, that's sort of in the, yeah, that, that's just me here with Zaki. Like, are they just content running third? Because they haven't changed anything. What are they going to do on Saturday? Are they going to pull, like, go extremely hard? How are they going to find the margin to turn on Animo? Like, I'm surprised he's here, to be honest. Mm. And that that's where Nash would have been good. Like, Nash probably would have made something happen, but I just can't see Jamie Carr doing it. I'm going to quickly yeah. go now. I think Animo is a deserving favourite. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen the Patreon chat yet, Trav, but your brother has marked Animo $1.60. So. Well, doesn't shock me. He's a big Animo fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this, this horse is just a winner, and the stable did say there still might be a little bit of improvement out of the Cox Plate. Um, he's only fifth up you've got i'm thunderstruck who has had the extra run six up so thunder was it his chance to win in the cox plate was he cranked up there could he be a little bit beaten up now um i think animo is just going to lob in the perfect position and i think he's just going to be a touch too good for him again look he doesn't have three lengths on his opponents here but what he does have is the best jockey in the land he's got an incredible will to win and ever since he learned how to settle forward the, the record he's got is unbelievable I also think he does switch off a little bit once he hits the front. I thought he might have stargazed a little bit at Caulfield, and then he mm. I think he might have stargazed a little bit again at the Valley when he won the Cox Plate. So Animo is the clear on top for me, but yeah, I, I can see your angle definitely with the three-year-olds. You're, you're finding the three-year-olds, Travis, so I like that uh, that uh, difference of opinion. Will and Nick, what do we like? Um... I I didn't think there should be as much between Animo and I'm Thunderstruck. Um, like if you if you put the the last four ratings up next to each other, you genuinely wouldn't be able to tell which one's which. They're pretty much identical, and and one's one's priced heavily shorter than the other one. Um, Animo keeps winning, but horse racing isn't that simple. It's not it's not black and white, and um, like things can happen. I I, I don't like um, Godolphin horses when they get um, really deep into a preparation, and and fifth up for Animo isn't isn't the best best spot for him. And and I know I know um, you, you're sort of saying that he, he he was stargazing a bit, but I, I don't I don't really know if I believe in, in, in believe in that. And I think he's just no better than than what he what he he actually did in in the Cox Plate. And I think he's he's just sort of leveled out at around that level. It's and, and it's a good level. It's a level that'll win him a a, a Cox Plate, but. Um, I just don't think he's a, a dominant dominant horse that should be priced odds on in a really 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 good field. Um, I'm thunderstruck as like he was so strong through the line there, and if that race was held at Flemington, there's every chance he gets by him. Like I know I know like you can take the angle that like this horse um, he sprinted home and he's the eye catcher and and therefore he, like he's the obvious and he's priced under what what he should be, but. But you can make a genuine argument that he, that he should have beaten Animo there, and um, yeah, I, I just didn't think there should be so much between them. Um, Zaki Zaki's going to get a, a nice run in front. He's probably a bit big at eight dollars, but I just can't see him winning. He's he's um he's just so consistent around 
around that that rating of of 104 and, and he just he's just no better than that other than that one time when he ran 110 like he's just so consistent and, and I just can't see him going at it any better than that and, and then obviously I just don't think he can win um Moonga is he ran really well but I think he was um flattered by by the way that race was run it was only even and he was given a chance to run on um Trav you can have 50s at will bet for elliptical I'd, sorry mate, I just don't <laughs> I think it's gotten on um uh, you can't actually little, have 50s. He won't little, take your bets. Little, little disclaimer, Trav. You actually can't bet at, at real bet. You, you actually can't get a bet on. He puts up fairy prices. Okay. So, like all the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, right, are you yeah. done, Will? I, I probably won't be betting in the race, but I, if I was, I'd back on Thunderstruck. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, don't okay. be silly, Will, but you're not going to have a bet because it's a good race. <laughs> Um, to argue with you, Wilbur, Animo finds a way, Thunderstruck finds an excuse. Plain and simple. A horse puts himself in a race, and for some reason, people just want to say, oh, he just wins, he just does this. At the end of the day, he does what he needs to do. I think he's quite arrogant, quite cocky. Um, yeah, I still think he could have won by a little bit more if he had to. Like, he had his ears pricked that last 100 in the cox plate. The years um, told you. I can't, I can't see a reason or anything like that to see how and why they turn the tables on him. He's going to get the perfect run again. Yeah, the stat, the stats alarming enough. I think Animo is in rare air at the moment, and I think he's near enough to unbeatable. And the stats don't lie. When he's in that first six, he's nine from nine. So mm. he's got the best jockey on the board. He's the best horse in the race. There's no reason to jump off, and I think two dollars thereabouts is just is just a bet up fill up situation. This is he, could be, like he should he should be a dollar fifty in this race because <laughs> I think he wins this race. If you're talking Gator terms, he wins this race two out of three times. Bad luck is the only other time that gets him beat. So I think he you can price him as aggressive as you want to, and I think he is a genuine dollar fifty chance, and I will bet accordingly. Huge. I like that because sometimes uh, people who... Are, I'm going to bracket Wilbur and I in sort of the racing nerd category. We're just yeah. like sick. <laughs> uh, sorry, Wilbur. If you don't want to be in that category... No, I know, definitely can, am, mate. Sort of definitely Blanco out. Jr. is what, is, what we've, is what we've donned him. The racing nerd category can just overcomplicate things. And yeah, sometimes it's simple. And yeah. Nico could be completely right. No, no, I, I agree. Like, I've... like. If I, if I just punch in a rating for for Zaki and that puts him, if I was to put him at 104, that makes him a that makes him a like a, a five dollar chance. Do I actually think he's a five dollar chance? No, I think he's like a ten dollar chance. So I'm a, a little bit hamstrung by the the ratings, but I guess I don't know. I I, I, I just I don't know. I just don't think there's a a massive difference between Animal and I'm Thunderstruck. Another thing that I want to touch on. The fifth up thing is being overplayed. He was fifth up in a size produce and bolted in. Hmm. So I think the fifth up thing is, is a myth. This horse is worth can, probably... Can you counter that though by saying he beat Halal and Cup Devon? And he was well, also fifth yeah, up in the, the Queen Elizabeth. You can't count that. You cannot count oh, Well, you're counting the other one. It's a two-year-old race. Well, I'm okay. You it was can, a heavy 13. You can, you can use that for your narrative, but he can only beat what he's up against. Uh, he can't true. do any more than what he's doing. He it's not his fault that the horses behind him aren't that good. 
in those those races that we're using the sample size from. So, oh look, oh, I think anyone who's listened to a lot of my stuff knows I just for me personally, Animo's a very challenging horse for me because I'm like with Wilbur, he doesn't rate like probably the chance. Uh, what's the best way to put this? I don't want to. He's not like so it, you think. No, he's not dominant. Like, yeah, he's not he's, dominant, he's but very, he's still the best horse. He's still the best. I, I concede he's the number one. He's the king king of the jungle at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I'm always just wondering if, the, if there's something that's sort of met him that's never met him. Can they go to his level? Um, and the problem or if is, he doesn't go to that level. Yeah, he's very consistent. I, I'd say yeah. the one thing you can bank with Animo, and Nick and Ben have sort of touched on this, He's remarkably consistent. You look at his best stuff at two, is still nearly his best stuff at four. Like, they're very similar ratings. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I couldn't knock him in that sort of form. Um, and I think you could make a really strong case. You could get him a much shorter than a $1.90 if you want to just simplify the race. But you're not going to find it from Wilbur and I, I don't think. No. Yeah. Hot off the press, racing previews, breaking news. I have got some information i am mates with well one of the guys who's working at the valley at the moment is english from chester race course and the guys over in england are very confident that animo is going to royal ascot next year really wow yeah what's he going to go for the prince of wales they're still deciding whether he goes to the queen Anne 1600 meters or to 2000 but that's that's the mail i got last week huge that'd be massive because i think yeah I'd love to see him on the world stage because the the He's wait for enough. age scene on the on the world stage at the moment's not there's no dominant force either. So yeah, without Bayed, um, yeah, without Bayed, um, mm. it's it's open. So I'd say like um, we're talking a lot, but uh, he'd probably come back next next uh, preparation. He'll have two runs and then he'll head to Dubai for the Dubai Turf. I think eighteen hundred meters, middle of March. Is yeah. that the real rich race? No, uh, but it's rich no, enough. Not, not the Dubai World Cup because that's run on dirt. I don't reckon they'd run him in that. But no, they'll no. take him to the uh, the turf race, which Elstrom won. Wilbur wouldn't even know who Elstrom is. But I know Elstrom who Elstrom won. Is. So you think <laughs> ran in the dirt race? I think didn't he? Yeah, he ran in the World Cup. Um, did, did Ben Battle win the eighteen hundred meter race? Yeah, yeah, might have won the eighteen hundred. And um, well, the, the good did that Mish good um, Japanese that good no. Japanese horse won as well. The Japanese horse of the year, Sharia. Uh, um, Almond Eye. Oh yeah, Almond Eye. I think she won the Shima. She won the twenty four hundred. But uh, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. That that's the race anyway. He'd sort of be targeted towards next year. So I yeah. think, and then Royal Ascot, which yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, he's trying to do uh, so you think here too, and uh, yeah, yeah very the same. The so identical. Think, um, one the yeah, like the the Caulfield Stakes, the Cox Plate, and the McKinnon, but did on the week back up, and now. Animo trying to replicate the same feat, which is pretty the, cool. The Cummings on, legacy, it continued today, it'll continue again on Saturday. On another thing, like, um, you'd think if NS wins on Saturday, which we all hope he does, whether you, whether you want to back him up from a racing <laughs> fan point of view, like, there's every chance that he goes back. Like, Rod Lyons and the camp have said that they want to go back again. So, if he's if his form permits him going, that could be huge for Australian racing to have our best sprinter and our best mile away for age horse both go on ascot that could be huge mm. yeah i think we're, we're yeah like thinking a lot in the future but dead set if you can get to flemington on saturday if if there's a way that you can get there you've 
got to be there, don't you? Oh, I will. Don't worry like, about the gonna, exams. Are you going to be there, Brad? <laughs> I've got a wedding of like, oh, oh, I'm oh. the best man at a wedding. I couldn't oh. believe it. Oh, that's Spring stiff. weddings. Um, I saw that's it stiff. tweeted for years and it never had affected me. That's affected me on Saturday. Well, <laughs> all right, let's pick up the ball again and move on. Potty quickly. Potty wise. So you just, We're you going, just taking Animo one out? Oh, we'll go Animo, Thunder, and Elliptical, I think. That's that's what everyone seems to agree on. Sure. Well, I think I'm the only one that agrees on Elliptical. So. <laughs> that's so I'm happy I'm to be brushed. That's all right. No, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take the three. Um, you know what it's like, Trav. <laughs> the amount of people that actually take the quaddy and don't take the quaddy, it's a little bit up in the air, but I we, still can, think we can only the, suggest I still it. think you and I are the only ones who take this quaddy. <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there. Do you never be surprised with the listeners what they do? They're yeah, usually a lot true. smarter than you, to be honest. <laughs> that's true. That's prob- it's not, not very hard. hard. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh, I was yeah. just talking like smarter. Like, I wasn't aiming that at you guys. I was just aiming that at myself. <laughs> no, no it, it's exactly right. And one time Nico said, uh, ben, is Benny going to come back out with the boys? And uh, I said, yeah, I'll come back out. And I didn't come back out. And uh, I had people inboxing me asking if I went out to the club. <laughs> It's unbelievable. (laughs) All right, let's move on. The final race of the day is a benchmark 80. It's over 1,100 metres. It's down the straight. And the favourite was Joyful Fortune, who who was an impressive winner today. But it's now taunting at $3.40 from Picarone's $6.50. Najem Sohel, don't know how to say that, $7. Trey Porty at $50. Hypothetical, $9. Do Your Punk, $12. Direct carries a top weight and he got back in the winner's stall at the valley last start he's 13 dollars fellas i haven't really done this race and i've got no idea so i'm happy to handboard on this is a race i, I actually did first because i was like this is hard so start <laughs> with that thought moral um this is the best bet of cup week race nine number six taunting yes. um j mac goes on 1100 meters tick Draws to be the best part of the track. Got a huge finish on him, this horse. Uh, Michael Hickmott should have won a race on Cup Day with Lord Vladivostok. Gee, he was stiff. <laughs> um, sets this horse for it. I just think you just got to be with him. Um, Moral beat last start. Absolute tragedy beat, wasn't he? And then you look at her second favourite, like Pickaroons. She's been winning at 1,400 off PRs. Najim's a hail. Like, what is he? Um, South African. South African, who just, yeah, he's a weird horse. And then I couldn't find the rest, except for maybe Traporti, who's got one big figure next to his name against Star Patrol, but it could be Fugazi. So, taunting, clearly the, the way to get out for me. I priced him much shorter than the market. and I'm hoping at this stage, J-Max, in a way for the narrative, is chasing the 10, like, chasing his cup rec- or cup week record or is on 10 winners and is trying to get to the 11 and punters around the country are just on him and the roar <laughs> from the narrative will just be huge <laughs> well I, I i'm happy to come with you on taunting but i hope he's not riding to to win the uh to better his record because you if hope he's, he's already got his it. record <laughs> i've had a little bit of trouble well, what do you mean? He's, he's on Animo, Nature Strip. He just needs to win something else earlier. We want a tissue. A tissue, <laughs> yeah. So Nico's he, already counting the cash on these. 
<laughs> oh, true. You, you're, you're sort of saying, suggesting one of your great bets has probably got beat. Oh, I <laughs> well, he could be going for 12. He could or he just might be going to up the record, you know? Let's hope. So he's also, is he booked for Trey Porty as well? Am I, am I yeah, still is. drunk or yeah. am I reading yeah. right? Um, he'll have, I don't know how that sort of works. I'm still yet to, so anyway, I, obviously I'm not going to go run. But yeah, I think it's, if you're dual booked, you get the option of which horse you want to ride. I think, I right. think you'd rather be on taunting. Yeah. Will, Alfred, are you on the narrative um, train or are you against? No, I, I haven't done this race, but I've just had a look at the ratings and <laughs> this kind of looks like a moral. <laughs> I, just, I just had a quick look at the ratings. I haven't even done the race, but like he, he sort of does look like a moral. 370 available on a sports bet. Yeah, that, 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 that could start like a, a lot shorter than that, I think. Yeah, beautiful. D-line's a bit, staffed to, uh, bit stiff to get sacked off the ride because there's not much you could do from Barry until yeah. last time. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. J-Mac on. It just looks so well set up. Yeah, you're drawn outside too. What do, what do we think in terms of a what do we think in terms of a quaddy then? Did you have any dangers, Trav? One out. <laughs> uh, reporting, but let's take him one out. Like I'm only going to be on this show once, so I need. To <laughs> We've got to come out six, swinging. Uh, six taunting, one out. Six taunting, one out. That is absolutely huge. J Mac in the last race of the carnival, punters fill up. We are, we absolutely love him already. All right. I think that's just about us. I I do have one bet um, over at Rose Hill in the Five Diamonds. <laughs> it's obviously race eight. And it's over 1,800 metres. And I'm against the favourite. The favourite is Ellsberg. He's a very, very good horse, and we've backed him a few times already. I think he's $2.60, but he steps out to 1,800 metres. And I'm going to back in the Cox Plate form here with number two, Laws of Indices. Um, he's around the $5 mark. Yes, he's drawn Barry 12, and he's going to be spotting Ellsberg a start, but I think Ellsberg could just be a little bit vulnerable that final 200 metres. I think he's more of a miler, and I think 1,800 metres for Laws of Indices is absolutely perfect. Um, is it a good track? It is yep. a good track. So That's good for <clears> Laws <throat> of Indices and bad for Ellsberg. Yes. Well, a lot of people will say otherwise because it does say seven starts for zero 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 for laws of indices yeah his best figures are on a good track but i think i think that is a little bit i'm kind of happy to look past that he ran absolutely huge in the rupert clark first up then he was enormous in the turak that was only a soft five in the cox plate he was competitive he was thereabouts i know it was a it wasn't the fastest cox plate ever and it was a bit of a bunch finish but I think he just looks the one here. Gets Hugh Bowman aboard fourth up, so there's no way he's still he's there's no way he's beaten up or anything. And I think he's really taking it to a new level. This preparation, I'm happy to take the five dollars. I think Ayrton, I, don't, I just don't I just don't really rate this horse. I think he's a little bit skinny. I, I don't think he's a Group One horse. Uncle Britain was awesome last night at Sale, but that's Sale Cup form. We're comparing that to the Cox Plate of Laws of Indices. I think he's a good bet around the five dollar mark. So. Here's the only other bet outside of Flemington I've got. Does anyone else have anything around the country? I've got one in the next race. Go on. Uh, I'm pretty keen on I Am Me in race nine. Ooh. The Ma Eustace man. Um, Ooh, I know that one. Yeah, she was clicking through her grades pretty pretty well last start. Uh, last preparation, I should say. Um, she did SP $3.80 against Zapatea, only beating a length and a half, I think. 
that sort of form before she emptied out um, end of prep run against passive-aggressive. Uh, but yeah, I thought back into a benchmark 78, barrier 2, going to be pretty prominent in the run. There's they're not much good in, in behind. If she's going to progress to some better races, I think $3.50 could be a gift. Huge. Anything right. else before we get into the questions? I, I will mention Hong Kong. The card isn't the greatest, but we may have a couple of bets. But yeah, th- that doesn't look a whole lot. I think Golden Sixty will be returning in the in the coming week. So a bit of a down week again for Hong Kong. We know that the Wednesday program got called off due to um, lightning and thunderstorms. I think so. Um, and yeah, so um, Shatin this Sunday. I think we're happy just to brush it for now. But we'll be back possibly next week. Just before we get to questions, I, I have listened to this show a fair few times before, and you always forget the the multi oh, for the. We always <laughs> yeah. we actually do always forget. I had yeah. it in my notes that I was actually about to say. I, I usually remember it right at the end. All right, who wants to go first with the best bet multi? We're going a four legger this week because we got four on the panel. Who wants oh. to offer up their best bet first? I'll take taunting in the last. He'll be mine. Taunting in the last. I'll take nature strip unless Nico objects to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can have nature strip if you want, Wilbur. Thanks, mate. It's all right. Well, welcome, welcome you back, even though you like to go and come back and go and come back. <laughs> That's how betting works, for sure. Not with NS, it doesn't. Uh, I'll have Animo. You'll have Animo. Animoral. Gee whiz, what does that leave me with? I am going to go... Are we doing a straight? Are we doing a straight like all up, or are we gonna do a parlay? Oh, straight all up, sure. Straight all up. Yeah. You gonna take law of indices? No, I'm gonna take. Am I? Can let me do a place bet? Because I think a tissue to place is an absolute moral. Sure. Yes. So I'm gonna go tissue to place. No guts, no glory, Ben. No guts, no glory. Oh, you know what? You can have two. You can have two different multis. You can have one with a tissue. The place and one with the tissue to win. Uh, I'm not being responsible for losing the <laughs> this multi. <laughs> if the you haven't heard, good. Trav, he has these two blokes have been the culprits to losing podcast multis of late. So, <laughs> oh. the sensible the sensible hat going on wouldn't be the worst thing. Actually, you know what? You know what? Screw it. Go with tissue the win. The, the good thing about my leg is it's the first leg. So if mine bundles out, <laughs> then you can take it. then you can take the treble anyway. <laughs> so it's the J Mac multi. <laughs> it's the J-Mac multi where are we he's going to ride he's going to ride at least four or five alright let's get into the questions next and then we'll wrap it up can I ask you a question can I ask you a question can I ask you a question alright question time there is a couple obviously we've got a star member on the panel and everyone wants to know his thoughts first one is from Sam Sanderson standout animo and strip field other two legs and hope for something th- fat thoughts um, I think we're kind of saying no to that. Not, not for all of us. We want taunting one out. Yeah, so I yeah. guess yeah, saying yeah. no to that one. Yeah. We're saying no to that one. Jack Vivian says unload on nature strip into animo. Yes. You can, you, can ha- you can have a saver on Giga Kick into animo if you want a joint podcast selection. Yeah. Oh, Wilbur wants Thunderstruck, but he's not even betting, so don't worry about Wilbur. <laughs> <laughs> he's been brushed. <laughs> Stu Ferenci says, how far Giga Kick? 
Oh, here we go. I knew well, this question. Tra- Trav's on your side. Half length, running down yeah. Nature Strip. Matt Hill yeah. hits the desk. The new stars <laughs> arrived. Bang. Well, wait. <laughs> Caden35 underscore says, what is happening to all the imports that came over for the cup? I really want to see Loft. Um, oh, that, that's a sensitive topic. It is a sensitive topic for Nico. Uh, Trav, do you want to just quickly share what exactly went down with Loft? A boat attendant. So um, probably one of the injuries that puts you off for the longest amount of time. You'd be yeah. out for, I think, eight months at least. Could get back for the cup next year if, if the rehab process goes well. Um, he's already gone down, I think, um, to the, the best rehab guy for tendons in uh, in Victoria by most of the big stables, a guy called Lee Everson, who sort of rehabbed, um, he's uh, doing the rehab for incentivized Hitotsu. He's had a lot of horses there recently. Um, so he'll, he'll stay with Ben and JD Hayes, and yeah, if they can get him back from the tendon injury, he'll be um, set for the cup next year. I think uh, just on that one, there was a lot of like sort of uh, theories around on Twitter and the like that he got scratched by RV vets because he failed like tests. He would have been scratched from any race regardless of the cup. If you bow a tendon, you can't like you, you can barely walk. So um, that had nothing to do with the vet process. He cleared everything except he just got an, a really untimely injury. It happened. Didn't he like walk in a pothole or something? Did I hear? Um, I would have thought like with a ten injury that would have happened in a gallop, and then the heat would have been picked up later, um, or in his work. But yeah, it, it can happen from just the uh, craziest of things. Um, yeah, I, I, it's sort of with horses that get older as well. It's, it's more common in ho- older horses, so. yeah. yeah, and stayers because yeah. they have to do. Um, like just as well, like I don't know if it collates to sort of. I got no idea on athletics, but marathon runners because the the base of work they have to do to get there, whether they get injured more than say a sprinter, it's sort of the same for the stayers. There's so much work that they have to do to get there, so that the the chances of them actually getting that sort of soft tissue injury, um, which a tendon is sort of like a really severe hamstring, um, or like it maybe even equates to like an ACL in in people terms. Um, yeah, it's just is high when they get older. You could have been mm. a marathon runner in a past life, Trav. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the, no way. <laughs> <laughs> there's been some solid stories about me in my uh, primary school days in the 400 meter events, and I was just set out as the pacemaker <laughs> to beat other kids to just try the and get other lamb. kids. Yeah, <laughs> Tyson Portelli. Says, thoughts on Buick's ride at Flemington over the weekend. I don't think he's got any. <laughs> Does he? Well, no, he went, he went back, back to um, America for the Breeders' Cup. Oh, okay. Yeah, riding for Godolphin. But he got suspended anyway. Yeah, so he'll ride the Breeders' Cup meeting on Saturday and Sunday yeah. um, mm. and then take his suspension. But, oh, look, the Zapatero ride, you can't you can't oh. stick up for that one. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't great. <laughs> Oh no! I thought he gave without a fight actually a very good ride in the cup, and the horse didn't perform. I thought his yeah. ride in Pericles in the Derby was fine. Yeah, um, it's hard for them though these fly in, fly out jockeys. You got to adapt to Flemington. You're riding against some of the best riders of the world at the peak of their powers, and you know, Hashtag you're sort of getting on the track. Well, they yeah. uh, they showed the alarming stat. They had 25 rides combined between Buick. Spencer, uh, Spencer and Frankie, and they had one placing mm. between the twenty-five rides. 
Mm. Uh, and and just on the um the Breeders Cup um if if you, like you should be watching the Breeders Cup this weekend or whenever it is because Flightline is the best horse in the you're world just and one of the your best, best horses ever. You've just stolen your best mate's question. Oh, all right, go on. Seb Antonio says Flightline into Nature is the best three dollar multi to exist. Yeah. Well, I, like I, this, I is, this is the best. You'd rather take the two thousand meters to two thousand meters animal into Flightline. Yeah, mm. this is like this is like not not as good as Frankel, but this is one of the best sources ever, and it's a dollar fifty. I don't like, think he's a dollar fifty anymore. But oh. Trav, I want to see you, I want to see ten units from Wilbur. <laughs> ten units. <laughs> like you got yeah, any ten. American dirt ratings, Wilbur? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> but the time form ones, like like, is like this is one of the best sources ever. I like watching the star American races, but like just handling the form and getting into it, like I, it's too nah. too far away from what I'm doing. It's like greyhound really racing. Excited. It's like greyhound racing. They can race on a lot of stuff over there in America as well. Um, I think Flightline, if he was here, it'd, it'd be interesting to see what he would actually have to cut out from his regime. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Gerp, our the good man in our group chat. Um, he does a lot of good work in Singapore and Hong Kong. Um, Trevor, you probably get this a lot, but a lot of people confuse you and Nico. He says, what does Trevor identify? How does, does Trav identify a winner in the yard? I'll just rephrase the question by saying, how do you, what are the top three things you look for when you're doing the form? Um, yeah, I was going to say, if I'm, I'm identifying a winner from the yard, it's probably at like Swan Hill where there's like four chances. <laughs> the one that looks least like a, like a donkey yeah. or something. I've got no Like I stood with Nick for Derby Day and Cup Day, tried to help him out because got a lot of horses to look at. Um, and yeah, just basic things that he's taught me how to do. And like we've all learned from my dad. I'll get into that in a bit. But um yeah three things i'd look for when doing the form closing speed I'm, I'm a real big fan of horses that can show like a really good turn of foot late i think that's one of that, that'll win you, yeah that'll win you a lot of races in australia because we i think um as much as like every pro sort of tells you like if you listen to a lot of smart people it's to focus on those horses up on top of the speed so many australian jockeys can't ride leaders <laughs> so they don't rate them properly so that just I find it more frustrating to be beaten on a leader who's been slaughtered than to be beaten by a back marker who just didn't get the right sort of run. So I'd rather, you know, I'm in the race for longer if I'm on the back marker, if you get what I mean. Mm, um, yeah. So closing speed. Uh, oh, there's so many factors. <laughs> jockey, like I'm big mm. on sort of the jockey changes. Um, and probably the third one is, is platforms. I don't think it gets talked about probably is enough but like stages of preparation so um and like sort of profiling each horse so say a horse like nature different trainers really, as well yeah uh, i'd say just the the platforming and stage of prep so nature trip's a good example you know he's going to pretty much run his best performance every prep third up um yeah. you know a horse like sort of lunar flare i'm never you know i'm always never interested until she gets sort of fourth up and gets to 2400 um those are those sort of things i'm big on platforms and i think that's where you can find sometimes the biggest edge in the market if a horse isn't ready to go first or second up um and then for whatever reason you think it can run a much improved race third up because of the stage of prep 
yeah and lots lots of different trainers have um different sort of setups like like um like i don't know like for example like joe pride i know he likes to um put the blinkers on third up and and that 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 works for him like different yep. different trainers have different sort of setups they use yeah i run a lot of systems and stuff like i've become like a bit of a data nerd over the last three or four years i wasn't but um i've just got access to a lot of that stuff so i thought might as well use it um probably the biggest one i've found and i think you can just bet blind and you'll profit blinkers on ma eustace just any horse blinkers on from the joint will run really well yeah mm. beautiful you remember you saying that one time the next one is from B. Davies Five. What's Trav's favourite futures bet he's got going around uh, at the moment? Trav, we know you do a lot of your good work over in WA. Have you had a, a suss of the Groupons over there? No, I found the the all-in markets really hard this year. I think um, I won't bore everyone to tears, but just the wagering landscape at the moment, how it is, the mm. corporates are a lot shorter on a lot of horses than they used to be in the past. Gutless. Yeah, yeah, four hundred percent the markets. Oh yeah, they're just crazy. It's so disgusting. I'm, I'm finding it harder and harder to find like complete edges. Like, but we've had two this year through the spring, which like a good bet. It's no result, but took twenty six smoking Romans, took twenty six mm. Zenzella. You mm. know, you take those bets every day. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing. I think tied up in futures going forward. But if I do find something, little plug. But Patreon.com forward slash the racing shows where you'll get it. Get around <laughs> it. Cheap as chips. Absolutely. I've got a six story future. Have I backed Hinge at thirty one dollars for the Empire Rose? Oh yes. She, she drew barrier four, and then she and then she went out to the car park and she was scratched. Because of the redraw. Absol- absolutely yeah, sickening. Pretty sick. And, she, and yeah. all she had to do was beat Ice Bath. Yeah, she would have gone close too. Oh, no, like ice bath would have held her off it would have been fine I had $8.50 <laughs> the place anyway Caden says Animo is four years old at the moment do you think he can retire with legendary status uh, I'll say no to that I think he'll retire champion yeah legendary is it, status is reserved for very very good yeah, like if you were to say like, like since 2000 who are your legends Maccabi Winks Maccabi like Caviar is so you think a legend yeah yes definitely yes yeah well, and that's probably it isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. but another thing like, like another reason why lots of Nico's people contemplating like saying so ns <laughs> ns is like he's, oh he probably he's is there too ns much. is gonna be the well he is the second best sprinter we've ever seen but he's just as good as so you think to be honest like he's he's he probably is like ratings wise if you they're both about 130, 133 rated time Who's this, NS and so you think? Yeah, they're pretty much similar. I don't know. It's good bar chat, but yeah, I'd be... Yeah. I love NS, but so you yeah. think was just like... He was unbeatable in Australia, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. He's something else. Mm. NS would be unbeatable if that little yellow thing ever retires. <laughs> <laughs> what about early days? He took a while to get going, early days. I loved him yeah. early days, but he took a while. Oh, mm. I used to back Nature Strip and he'd fall in a hole in a benchmark 90. He is the, <laughs> anyway. he is the complete racehorse nowadays. Like, he does, mm. he is able to take a sit and stuff like that. If, if yeah. someone told you there are horse, much... at the end of his career he's going to be able to take yeah. a sit, you would have said, you're on drugs. Much, much mm. less chinks in the armour. 
Stu French, he says, give him a kiss for me. Talking about you, Trav. Trav, do you have a, do you have a relationship with uh, Stu at all? you got to know the, the big Stu on, on Twitter. Um, he gives, he gives you a bit of love. I, I've got to give him a lot, a big pump up. He's a loyal TRS man. <laughs> no matter if we're going terrible or great, his enthusiasm's the same. Yeah. But in terms of personality, Stuber and I are a long way apart. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a fair he's, point. He's going to have half a chub and then he's going to just start crying when he hears it. <laughs> Jordan Talfo says, should I put the whole account on an NS and a moral multi hashtag gamble responsibly maybe not the whole account but I think it's a I think it's a pretty decent bet so does Nico Trav and Will are kind of a little bit sceptical against it but do what you want to do mate Kyle Wilking Kyle Wilkendorter says Nature Strip loses on Saturday could retirement be coming if he lost Trav can yeah, you probably. shed a bit more light on yeah, that yeah I reckon this is an interesting point if he was to lose on Saturday and they go, do we want do we want to protect his rec- record? I don't think that that conversation though is really with Nature Strip. Like they don't have anything to protect. Like he's been, he was, he's not like Winks or Black Caviar where he has these huge winning sequences. And you don't, he's been rolled plenty of times. Is he golding too? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I reckon Chris Waller would be sort of suggesting we don't have anything more to achieve, and he may be pushing that way if he was to get beat but knowing the owners um, I think they would go around for another year or at least yeah. to the end of the season he, he is 8 so um, win a 4th TJ yeah well, I mean that would probably be appealing to them like to be because Chautauqua's won 3 TJs didn't he so yeah. Yeah. to be the only horse to win 4 maybe that would be yeah I, yeah. if you look at it from that way they'd probably go again yep no worries we've just got 2 more questions uh, Zanik says, "Granted, he hasn't had the best of opportunities this spring. Is the end near for Damien Oliver?" No. Yeah, I'd say yes. Um, mm. Hearing some things on the jungle drums that he's sort of putting some—I think he has for a while—but putting some plans in place for retirement. I'd say it's coming within the next twelve months. Well, wow. and we've also seen—I don't know if you subscribe to this or not, Trevor—but he's been. Uh, getting a little bit emotive even even with the yeah. lower class races maybe he knows the end is near yeah I think that's that's an interesting point because like Damien Oliver is saluted after winning the Linlith yeah. go on Argentia like he's won yeah, so many that. bigger races than that yeah. I think it's just like Ollie's had like by his own admission he said he I've had tough spring a lot of camps that were sort of backing me last year haven't come on board with me this year like James Cummings is an obvious one um, not right. yeah not not getting the rides for them yeah mm. and i think um, i think back to even um i know it's mm. a couple of years ago now but when he won the the winter bottom i think on voodoo lad he was real emotional about that one as well yeah probably because it was back in perth where yeah he's yeah. from and everything but yeah i'd be interested watch this space i wouldn't even be shocked if he made announcements sort of at the perth carnival to retire yeah right Interesting. One. He, has, he does have nothing left to prove. He is going to be the greatest oh, of all time for 100%. a little bit longer. Until Jamie until, gets it. Until Jamie finishes his career. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And I think hopefully the, the week that he does sort of announce it, it'll be, it'll be massive. So oh, yeah. he'll get a huge send out. One yeah. question for you, Trav. Do you subscribe to the theory that Glenn Boss and a few others have that 
what we're witnessing now with J-Mac, like, he, he will be the greatest jockey of of all time. Like, are we witnessing greatness right now? Do you subscribe to that? Yeah, I don't... Like, I know we're all young, but um, have we seen a better rider in our time? No. no. Um, I know... So I was talking about this with my, my old man, and he was sort of saying, like, Beedman maybe, at the peak of his powers, is sort of the same. A lot of people from the 80s said Mick Dittman was just unbelievable, but he didn't have sort of the same dominance as J-Max sort of week to week because he rode in Queensland. Um, yeah, I think, he, I think he is, yeah. Yeah, awesome. The last question is probably the most important question. It's something that you were going to touch on earlier, Trav. It's from Liam Smith. G'day, Trav. What got you into racing? Did it start purely off just going to the races? Question mark. No, so um, I was absolutely born and bred into racing. Um, My dad's a horse trainer. His name's David Noonan. Um, Just a little background on him. If you ever hear Balnaring Beach sort of mentioned by Mick Price, uh, Michael Kent Jr. or Kiramar Dave Eustace, that's because the horses have gone to his place. So he, he does a lot of pre-training for those stables. Um, really good horseman. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, sort of my mum as well worked in racing. She worked for Gregor Allen, Pat Highland. So, um, yeah, just been going to the races since I was like six months old, I would have thought. Um can't remember a time I wasn't interested like at four years old I already I knew who someone was like um it's been a sicker I remember watching those <laughs> Sunday review shows from like five and wow. being hooked like I think one of my more excited days of my life was going to see Lonro in a 2004 Australian Cup like I would have been like seven or something but um yeah so always really keen on racing um, and then grew up around horses, probably don't have the same um, interest in horses. Like I think working with horses is so much different to having an interest in racing. Um, to, like You can't just have an interest in racing and then just convert it into working with horses. The strappers and stable staff, um, they probably don't get enough credit. Like it's a very taxing job and you work, like it's quite dangerous too. Like you can work with some horses that are, like can put your life literally well not maybe not life but like um put your body at risk um so i never really had a full-on interest in that path like a couple of our old stable favorites i'd, I'd try and strap on race day and take the glory away from the people that actually worked <laughs> um but yeah never had a real interest in that side as such but always love racing and yeah, I knew from a very young age I was never going to work in any other industry, which sort of made it hard at school because I knew my path, uh, I knew what to do, but there's not like an exact way to get into racing. You know, it's not like a university degree or anything, mm-hmm. um, which made VCE and stuff hard. I was just too busy watching like TVN and stuff and betting when I shouldn't have been and everything doing form. <laughs> so uh, um, I relate, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, I suppose just built from that of, uh, you know, and then probably got from being like a fan of racing and then got to sort of when I could work, um, I just started working in racing. So I worked as a camera operator at what essentially is like racing.com, but it's called TRP. They film all the races for racing.com. Started there when I was sort of 17, worked there for three years, 
moved across to racing.com when it just started up, worked behind the scenes as a producer, um, sort of set up shows like Sectional Stars, which doesn't exist anymore, but um, Group mm, 1 Glory show. that you might see, those sort of shows. Um, worked on Get On for a while. And during that whole process as well, trying to like craft a career as a race caller, which is pretty hard. It's like got some of the best callers in Victoria um, that you're sort of competing for shifts against. But yeah, so I, you occasionally see me maybe like, more, I don't know, a couple of times a year on racing.com, maybe calling it Ballarat or Cranbourne or Pakenham or somewhere. Um, and yeah, hoping that sort of, progresses um but i know i've got i've just got time to wait but um yeah that's sort of i've answered that long but that's how my interest in racing uh just keeps going i guess no that's brilliant mate we're all ease mm. i think that's us know, I, i'm gonna put in a bid for trav to be calling the jumps when rick can't call them because tv <laughs> and all these other callers on the jumps they don't no, cut trav, it trav don't, loves his don't jumpers bag like, tv don't bag the golden tonsils. Oh, you wouldn't hear me bag TB. I love TB. Trav loves, the go. Trav loves his jumpers, as do I. So, yeah, I, uh, I'll happily listen to Trav over a jump school. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be against it. I love the bull. So, it's been a few um, uh, Grand Daniels up in the box with Rick Mack and Greg Miles and a couple of those. So That's what we yeah, need that, to, that's what we need to sort out. A racing previews and racing show bull. Preview <laughs> next year. True. Next year. Well, racing show, racing previews on tour. <laughs> on tour. That on sounds tour. awesome. Well, by Wilbur running. has to ask mum. Stop him. I'm going to Me and can sort of, you know, go back at 8 pm after the race is finished, get stuck into the form, keep the nerd by going. Benny and Nick can sort of get out on the town and sort of <laughs> be amongst the punters and do all the marketing and keep the keep the show rolling. And uh, yeah. it'll work. I don't know what Nico's actually, other Nick's, you know, my brother's, what he's going to do. Um, he'll probably be simping, but. <laughs> <laughs> Under lock and key. A bit no, like uh, Nico. Uh, he'll probably, he, I don't know what he'd do on that tour. <laughs> he's not, he's not the biggest um, drinker or anything, but he's, he's quite social, so I imagine he'd still be getting out. Yeah. We're, we're going to put, put this plan to fruition. This is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Let's do it. All right. I think we're going to sign off there. Trav, you've been absolutely brilliant and it's been awesome to listen to your expertise on the podcast. Obviously, it's one of the biggest days of the year. It's probably one of the best cards we've seen all year, Champions Day with the three group ones. Nico, good as always. Thank you for holding back and trying not to swear as much as you (laughs) usually do. We tried to drill it into you and you've done well. Will, as always, you're a gun. And I'm going to give myself a pat on the back as well because I was probably 10 cans deep about at about 7 p.m. And I've managed to pull myself together for this podcast. You shouldn't have Post said it. that, Benny. Professional. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one would have ever known. But uh, that's all right. I've hosted it and I've edited it and we're all, we're all going to be sweet. Thanks a lot, boys. And we'll see you there on Saturday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.